All right, and we are live. I think I went live <laughs> before I hit that timer. <laughs> so that was a little weird. Okay. Yeah, because you always look like <laughs> like a yeah. I'm a, like <laughs> deer in the headlights, man. But what's going on, Elliot? Man, it seems like it's been forever since I seen you, man. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Just been uh, you know watching some movies, some shows, catching up on, and just uh, having a good time, yeah. man. And myself. Oh well, I know we uh, there was some alien abduction or something. Uh, <laughs> you guys are gonna bust my balls on that forever. You and Chris, no, man. that was awesome, man. I, I, and... I caught some of it. It was uh, <laughs> definitely some conspiracies going on, man. I see, they were trying to pull you off the internet, man. Man, and I told Chris, I go, you were part of the watch along, man. Like, why are you clowning on me? Like, you're and the Chris was going in too. Yeah, he was like yeah. the guy from uh, Independence Day. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I forget what that guy's name was, uh, but the guy from uh, <laughs> Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which, which surprisingly, ironically enough, became like a conspiracy guy in real life. I don't know if you knew that. Like, oh, off- it doesn't surprise he, me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think you got sucked in that role, man, of Independence Day. But yeah. it's good to have you back, man. I know we were gone last week. I had a family emergency I had to get to. But, you know, we're we're back here. Um, and there was a lot of news, man. I was like, damn, I wish we could have covered last week, man. There was like Borat 2 news. I was like, damn, I really yeah. want to talk about that with you. But yeah, a, lot, um, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff. But we got some good stuff to this, to, today yeah. to cover as well. Yeah, we have some excellent news to talk uh this week guys uh we're doing it a little different uh we're using this app called restream uh so bear with me guys um i was letting elliot know that i was having some technical difficulties with Streamyard. so who knows maybe it's just on my end until we get the kinks worked out uh but thank you guys for joining us uh, all of our social medias are down below and make sure to hit that you know like comment and subscribe if you are watching the replay make sure to comment if you are here live Make sure to jump in the chat, say what's up. You can always follow Movie Files on Instagram and YouTube at Movie Files. And you can make sure to follow me on Instagram for more movie and TV news. I hate saying TV news, man. It's not like we're watching TV like anymore. It's, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought the changes to streaming. But there is a lot of streaming news. And um, yeah. something I wanted to get into first is just kind of what you've been uh, watching, If, if in case the people haven't been following your channel, just kind of what movies you dropped recently. Or, or movie reviews, I'm sorry, show reviews. Um, it has been a busy week, man, which is always fun. Uh, let me pull, let me pull it up here. Um, yeah. I know you did a big so, one yesterday with uh, some Lovecraft Country ranking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, um, I had some um, uh, a journalist in LA who who interviews big celebrities. She covered a lot of the. Uh, she interviewed a lot of people from the cast of Lovecraft Country. KB. Oh, nice. uh, she was on the channel, and then uh, Shalon, uh, who has a, a great YouTube channel, uh, The Binge Zone. He watches a lot of TV and has a lot of great coverage on his channel. So I had them on, and we were talking about it for about uh, two hours, and I, I stayed on an extra thirty minutes to answer fan questions, stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun. So yeah, Lovecraft Country um, live stream. Uh, the Devil All the Time on Netflix, covering The Boys Season 2, um, yeah. Raised by Wolves, and some new shows on HBO um, with uh, We Are Who We Are, the new Luca Guadagnino show. There's a new Jude Law show on HBO. Uh, Enola Holmes, uh, early screener for that. Uh, Antebellum, which has been a hot topic these last uh, couple days. Uh, and yeah, man. And, and Ratchet, the new that. show on Netflix. Uh, Ratchet, the Sarah Paulson, Ryan, Ryan uh, Murphy show, Ratchet. I reviewed that this morning. So yeah, man. In a, in, in a quick nutshell, is that a pretty good show? And what kind of uh, topics do they deal with that, that Sarah Paulson? Because my girlfriend <laughs> was interested in checking that one out, but I, I didn't even know what it was about. So I, as I said in my review, Ryan Murphy is a very stylistic and uh, a quiet taste to say the least. Like 
I love Ryan Murphy shows. Like Nip Tuck was one of my favorites growing up. Uh, well, not growing up, but you know, in the early two thousands or whatnot. Um, you know, American Horror Story, like five out of the 10 seasons I'm a fan of and then Scream Queen. So he's like a mixed bag for me. So I think if your girl is a fan of Ryan Murphy and and she knows what to expect with his over the top storylines, kind of, you know, the fantasy world he creates, then she'll have a good time. Like there's some entertainment to be had in the show. It's, it's Mm -hmm. based on the character from uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest and it's her origins, essentially how she became the nurse that we see in that movie and, and from that novel that it's based on. And, you know, you get into the absurdity of getting into a mental institute and how people have different mental disorders, whether they back in the forties where you were gay, they thought it was a mental thing. So they were doing like lobotomies oh, yeah. on gay people. And then they were giving them like uh, tub therapy sessions. And then you run into all this kind of, you know, hoopla that comes with Ryan Murphy. So again, if, if she's a fan of Ryan Murphy and knows what to expect from a show, you'll have a good time with it. But if you're new to Ryan Murphy, this might be very like jarring because he's very stylistic and very, yeah. No. unique to say the least so but it's fun though interesting interesting yeah, yeah. I, I i absolutely love one flew over the cuckoo's nest i barely caught it maybe like five years ago but i was like mm-hmm. it was like one of those you know people were like it's classic you gotta watch it oh yeah and mm-hmm. um finally watched it and i was i was really blown away kind of the 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 performances you know and then i yeah, think man. it was a video that came out either on looper or one of these channels where it was like one flew over the cuckoo's nest ending explained and uh, if you've seen that movie that ending is is pretty wild when mm-hmm. i won't say what, what it is but you know one of the characters kind of leaves but um that's awesome okay so i might i might want to check that one out we're watching two shows currently right now but you know there's always you know more to throw on the roster since i'm yeah. not watching too many movies but jumping back to annabella man a hot take i would love to just have a roundtable discussion with the people that did not care for the movie as opposed mm-hmm. to you know those that did uh, enjoy the movie, um, like it or or love it, you know I didn't find anybody mm-hmm. that loved it. I I kind of found people that kind of just like it a little more than than others. But um, mm-hmm. like even, even uh, Big J man was like, I actually like the movie. So mm-hmm. maybe we can have a discussion coming up soon because it is a very divisive movie as far as uh, reviews go for the weekend. So that might be something yeah. To, yeah. Uh, to explore coming up soon but uh i don't want i don't want any uh you know wwe wrestlemania stuff going on but i think it'd be cool to kind of discuss some hot some hot takes man shoot if you saw that karate kid uh watch along man uh, aj was going at it with me with some hot takes oh really uh was was a fan not a fan of the movie or he was saying that uh all overrated or something a lot of 80s movies he said are extremely overrated he said breakfast club is overrated he said um (laughs) Uh, Back to the Future is overrated. He, he was saying just dropping a lot of <clears throat> gems that we kind of grew up on. He's saying they're overrated. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's they're different for everybody, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. age and whatnot. But uh, it's the beauty, that, beauty of film, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, once again, thank you guys for joining us. We are here every. Uh, Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, make sure you guys are hitting that thumbs up to support the channel <laughs> once Excuse again. Me. And all of our descriptions, uh, all of our social medias are down in the descriptions below so you guys can follow us. And uh, shouts out to Rob. He's always in the chat first. And uh, we're going to get into these topics right now. And uh, something that I didn't get to cover, but it was kind of glossed over. And I think a lot of people were um, just kind of uh, uh, wondering what was going on with this one was some information on Mulan. So we know that another hot take. Uh, I mean, I think for the most part, a lot of people didn't enjoy the outcome. Um, is this a movie you still haven't caught? You said you were waiting till December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 
Okay. So I, I guess it was more in the hot take of this is a, tw- a $200 million movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, because of that, a lot of people were <clears throat> wondering how it was going to do uh, since it didn't make that much overseas. I think it was less than 20 million overseas. If I'm be if I, if I remember correctly, do you remember the, mm-hmm. the overseas numbers at all? I think you, that sounds about right from what I remember from when, uh, in the, the whole, like, description of how much it made has been kind of confusing but i think that sounds about right if i'm not mistaken yeah so uh g reels did bring to us uh some pretty interesting news so reportedly almost nine million use uh u.s disney plus subscribers paid for mulan in the first nine days of mm-hmm. release so so uh, uh theoretically i mean that's like a, a million a day um so according to a research firm yahoo reports that 29 percent of its u.s households that subscribe to Disney Plus have purchased Mulan for the first time since it was released through September 12th, a total of nine nine days since it debuted at its $30 premiere title on the streaming service. Since it's estimated that 30 million of the 60 plus million users or worldwide subscribers to Disney Plus reside in the U.S., that means roughly 9 million uh, people have already spent $30 on Mulan. And, and when Mulan... And when Yahoo did the math, that comes out to a total of approximately 261 million. Mm-hmm. Seeing that number of 261 million, I don't now I don't consider that a complete loss in nine days. What, what did you take on these numbers? Yeah, I mean, if if those uh, statistics are true, then yeah, that's um, essentially a you know a week's worth of normal box office results, which is. I thought this film would have easily made a billion dollars minus the COVID-19 yeah. minus some of the controversy behind the actress and where they shot the film and all this stuff of, of, of went down. But I think that's pretty solid considering the situations that we're in and knowing that it made that much. And, um, you know, that's, that's not bad numbers, but that's not bad numbers at all. That's more than, uh, than close to tenants numbers. So tenant, uh, right? I think that's a pretty big success for Disney. And speaking of tenant, do you know, um, roughly where we're at with the tenant. I haven't been following the numbers for like the last week. Do you know what tenant's doing? Um, I know still some theaters are, are slowly reopening. I know it's kind of a pause standstill in the U.S. Uh, California is not going to see it anytime soon. So here I'm pulling it up now. Right yeah. now they're sitting at 207 worldwide, 207 million worldwide. Okay. So it made it made its its budget, but you know you know you have to double that pretty much and then account for marketing as well. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's still a movie. I uh it's one of those things where it's like you get upset. I think I had no mentioned it before. It's like everyone's seen it except for you, and it's been so many weeks since it's been released. It's like, mm-hmm. man, I don't know if I want to just completely wait for the you know it to go to streaming or or, or what. Yeah. I I don't really know uh kind of where to jump with this, but um yeah, pandemic, man, it's crazy. And since this is technically uh, <laughs> since this is technically TV news and uh, probably one of the biggest animated shows on TV still, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. South Park is doing a first ever hour long episode, which will tackle COVID-19 called the Pandemic Special on September oh 30th. Uh, are you a South Park fan at all? Um, not a fan. I've seen a ton of episodes, but I wouldn't say I'm a fan because I never like consistently watch. It. I would like pop in and out. So I, I guess I wouldn't consider myself a fan. Yeah, and if you can see right there in the next slide, um, it you know it's gonna push some grounds, man. I mean, it's gonna you know uh, show the hey, kids. Man, that's a of, uh... that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough that's a tough sell, man. Because obviously, um, 
it is something to kind of you know you can always find some levity and some some uh moments to be you know fun but i mean we we did lose uh millions of people's lives so hopefully they uh yeah. it's handled well and, and that's that's, it. that's interesting that you do say that because uh, man if you really talk to comedians uh or listen to their podcasts they usually always express the same feelings of no subject should be taboo it's just kind of the way you explain it because humor and laughter is usually the best medicine to get over uh, um, these things, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, making fun of ourselves in certain, you know, matter. Hopefully, they do make fun of, like, um, I guess, like the the. I don't want to say this too loud because I got my window open, but like the anti-maskers, like the people that are really mm-hmm. opposed yeah. to wearing masks. I can definitely see them poking fun at that group of those and, and people, I, group of people. Yeah, exactly. And <clears> I think <throat> with South Park having such a long run, I really don't remember. I remember being in high school. So this is well over 15 years, man, of mm-hmm. like this being on the air. And if they haven't got, gotten canceled by now um, and being on network TV, mm-hmm. that really kind of says something. I mean, this is not the strongest, uh, uh, I mean, the craziest <coughs> topic me. they've they've covered. I mean, they've covered they've covered like um, uh, um, I totally forget. Um, but Muslim Muslim issues that could have gotten mm. I got them death threats, uh, yeah. you know, uh, different different things that were like totally taboo. And uh, they still aired these episodes, you know. Um, well, I, the only I, thing I would rebuttal with that is with those yeah. other topics you're talking about is uh, someone that's in office right now wasn't in office when they pre- presented those shows. And uh, as we know, with TikTok, he can uh, if there's something that he doesn't like or if they poke too fun or if they're associated with, with Japan, your show might be a little bit hot water. You, depending on you, what you they got do. Some, yeah, you, you, you do have something there. I mean, if, if uh, you know, we have a current president who's, you know, pulling apps left and right. I mean, yeah, um, and by the way, the TikTok thing, I heard it got uh, reversed or something. Uh, I mean, I don't really know if 100 percent if that if yeah, it's a standstill. I don't yeah. know. But, but the fact that he's pulling plugs on certain things that are uh, part of pop culture, TikTok mm-hmm. is the app ever. Right. So. That really says something, and who knows? Maybe before September thirtieth, he might pull it down or end South Park, which right. would be crazy. Yeah, uh, I did grow up on this show, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't follow it one hundred percent in like the later seasons, maybe like the last five years. But I do enjoy this show for what it is, and I do believe mm-hmm. that laughter is the best medicine to kind of, you know, uh, uh, whether it's satirical or not. Um, it helps you forget about things. And even if it's in a 30 minute episode, one hour episode to kind of forget about the world around you or laugh at certain situations like the Karens, mm-hmm. like the anti-maskers, like, yeah. like certain things. Right. I, I think, I think you can find, um, a fine silver lining where you're not 100% crossing the line, offending people. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this is a show that's had one black character on it and they call him token. And they haven't, mm-hmm. and they haven't got canceled for that in over twenty years. Like yeah. that kind of says something. <laughs> yeah, man, they've they've definitely uh, walked that line, and they've been yeah, like you said, they've been on air for a while and tackled a lot of different, you know, child abuse stuff and you know, sexual jokes. I mean, yeah, they've 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 made it through. I think also too surprising. Like I said, I think this show has somehow gone under the radar that it really hasn't hit. The, the the social zeitgeist as much as like a family guide or what have you especially with the with the network that it's on with comedy central hasn't you know been as popular as it used to be so i think they sometimes slide on the radar with some of their subject matters that people just don't pay attention to no you're exactly <laughs> right especially um right now that 
a lot of people are not watching network TV. It's a lot of more of the streaming. Um, a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I guess a lot of. Um, I don't want to say the social justice <clears throat> warriors, but maybe the cancel culture people have not caught wind. And who knows? Maybe they'll yeah. pull an episode from like twenty years ago and say, "Hey, what the hell's going on?" It's like it was. I'm all- surprised that hasn't happened yet, man. <laughs> that they haven't found an episode and like cancel South Park. Are you kidding? But yeah, I yeah. think it's yeah, it's, it's kind of flew under the radar. Which I know uh, what is it, Sean Parker, Parker, whatever his name is. Those two. Trip- Trey Trip, Parker yeah. and Matt Stone, yeah. yeah They're probably so. like, we don't know how the hell this is still on, but let's keep making them. <laughs> it's interesting to say the least. And I mean, we don't have that many edgy shows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rob says South Park is out of control, but it's so funny. Yeah, he's in. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's uh, when it comes to humor, I think people kind of uh, put their feelings aside a little bit and just kind of check it out, you know, especially yeah. with the huge fan base. But all right, guys, uh, <laughs> let us know what you guys think about that episode that is coming out. September 30th. Uh, all right. So jumping to the next one, I'm sure you saw this, but it looks like, whoop, I didn't go. I don't. All right. Uh, James Gunn invites DC film directors to the set of Guardians of the Galaxy. So it seems like, and I don't know who started this other than the fanboys, mm-hmm. but that the DC Marvel rivalry is on set too. I mean, it's the only thing I can see is that because James Gunn worked with Marvel and now he's working with DC. That there's some kind of maybe rumors that the directors aren't getting along or something, but uh, Zack Snyder, Patty Jenkins, James Wan, and other DC. Hold on, don't do it, baby. Don't do it. My cat's trying to jump up here. <laughs> uh, and other DC film creatives are welcome in effort to show there isn't any Marvel DC beef. Now, do you know yeah. much uh, as far as any whispers or talks behind the scenes that he's alluding to? Because I I must have missed it. Yeah, no, I follow James Gunn on. Uh... On, on Instagram and, and Twitter, he's very active with his community. Like I, I love that about James Gunn. Like he he'll like literally you'll think someone with he'll literally respond to someone with thirty uh, followers on Twitter, uh, and not like to be like a dick or be like insensitive. He'll just be like, no, he'll answer their fan questions and as much as he can. So. Yeah. From what I remember, this was earlier this week. It was just a conversation about like, hey, uh, you know, like you just mentioned some not necessarily beef, but like DC versus Marvel. And, you know, there's this rivalry between the two. And all James Gunn was like, hey, man, there's no rivalry at all. And to prove that, I will invite my DC uh, uh, peers to my Marvel family just to show you all that it's just a creative process. We're all trying to make the best work we possibly can and bring it to the fans. So I don't think it was nothing like you know, proving like, oh, DC. I think it was just more or less like we're all filmmakers. We all support each other. And I'm, I would invite, just to show you guys there's no beef, I'm going to invite the prominent DC directors to Marvel uh, set just to have a fun time. So I think that's really the the genesis of those comments in this uh, this article here or this story here. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I think if anything, it's going to be a learning process for all of these great directors. I mean, even though they they are all great in their own way, I think... Uh, you know, a little teaching session amongst them is going to be great to kind of take away certain elements of not necessarily uh, the one thing I really hope not to see from this, because it might backfire on James Gunn, is that in the future we might see DC implementing some of his techniques. So it's like, how much are they going to take away from this? You know, being on set, because sometimes they don't want to expose how they do these tips and tricks of either camera work, directing style, um, even editing style, or or just uh, verbal things that go on that should be technically the secrets of the art, right? So I, I just kind of, I'm just kind of interested how they're going to kind of play off of all of each other and um, 
I, yeah, I don't think there is any rival in anything. I mean, we've all kind of come to the conclusion over like the last five, even ten years, that there is a <clears throat> subgenre superhuman superhero subgenre, right? In movies, it's become a, a, a big thing. So I think because of that, we all do need to come. Uh, I mean, I'm, they all need to come together and kind of work to see because you don't ultimately, if you're into superhero movies, you do not want to see them flop. And we mm-hmm. know that we know that uh, DC has been on the decline, but now recently they are back on the upcline, uh, uh, incline with a lot of the announcements from DC fandom, and it looks like it's on the up and up. And I think James is going to say, "Hey, you know what? You guys have some great projects coming. Here's how we ensure that they win, and that's what I want to see ultimately as a fanboy." But I know that there's fanboys, uh, <clears throat> DC and Marvel, that want to kind of force this rift, which uh, definitely should not be there, but. What are you mm-hmm. going to do? I mean, people are behind screens and phones. They're going to want to just create drama. Yeah. Yeah. And like know? I said, I think oh. that was this just, just and, I, and I doubt all those directors, they're all busy in their own right that they're going to actually come on set. I think it was just more of a, uh, more of like not a factual thing. Like, I'm going to, we're going to come to set. I think it was just like, it's an open invitation for these just to show you all that we're all on the same page. We're all friends behind the scenes or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, in regards to like taking tips and tricks and stuff like that, I mean, Right now, we we know that there's actors that are directors. So, like, you know, there's a lot. Bradley Cooper, he's a director, and he's uh, Rack Rook, Rick Raccoon. So it's like they're not going to yeah. not have him on the set because he's a director. So I think it's just more or less a, James is showing, like, the fans, like, we all love each other. We're all having a great time. Uh, and that the invitation is open between all studios, right? Because this would be, like, the same thing if, like, people, the rivalry between Marvel and DC was like, is there a rivalry between Warner Brothers and Disney? Uh, you know, is there a rivalry between all these different studios that make action films and comedy films? Like, no, this, mm-hmm. they all, like you said, they all, all these companies, they're, you know, they want to obviously sell their movie more than other films, but they all want them to yeah. succeed because if people aren't looking and seeking out superhero movies and they all fail, so they all are rooting for each other. Yeah, no, that's totally true. Like, I know uh, Marvel is super happy DC is getting some great publicity because it means people are still craving for these superhero movies. Yeah, and I, and once again, I think it's a, a fan base superhero or or even super villain. I mean, we're getting the you know rise of anti villains in certain movies, right? But um, I just hope that people appreciate this as a whole. Once again, a learning process that they that we, we just we just want superhero movies to win. And mm-hmm. I I think, uh, man, I, you know, even jumping to that Martin Scorsese comment about you know them not being cinematic movies, uh, kind of puts a damper on the way people look at movies. They just kind of know what they're going to get into sometimes. Like, oh, this might just be a mediocre movie, but I'm not going to take it serious. Because it's a superhero movie, and I don't. I, I hope they kill that norm, that uh, stereotype of a superhero movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he said, that, I mean, no disrespect to Mark Scorsese, one of my favorite directors of all time. That was just kind of ridiculous what he said. I mean, that's like the same. Yeah. You know, being uh, us being horror fans, people say the same thing about horror movies that they're not taken seriously, and we see that that you know they don't get enough appreciation when it comes to award season. So, I mean, it was just his, you know. His opinion on the situation, but the the box office doesn't lie. People do take these movies seriously, and that's why it's been the most dominant genre in the uh, you know Hollywood for the last ten years. Totally agree. Now, uh, speaking of Martin Scorsese, do you think this could work with directors that don't normally do uh, superhero genre type films? As far as like maybe like uh, Quentin Tarantino jumping on the set of of Martin Scorsese or or a Christopher Nolan uh you know all them kind of we've seen them in roundtable discussions I, I think Variety puts out that roundtable mm-hmm. discussion thing where they're all kind of the meeting of the minds and those are some of the most fa- uh, interesting fascinating 
uh, podcast I've ever I've seen recently. Yeah, and they're really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really good. Um, but do you think that could work in a real life setting of them being on the, a set of one of their movies? I feel like too much ego would be thrown in there a little bit with these guys. Uh, me, I mean, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of directors that do jump on sets that we just don't know about all the time. I mean, there's a lot of all these celebrities are like so close in in friendship but behind the scenes, and you know, you 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 find out that you know Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio were fin- friends for 30 years before they made their first movie together. So a lot of the times, I think these directors and writers support each other's content. Um, and and at the same time, you know, they are all of them are extremely busy. They have their own production company, so they might not be able to uh, get on set every day. But you'll be surprised how many of these amazing directors pop in and out of uh, these sets uh, on a regular basis. So okay. it's something that yeah, happens a lot of the times. Okay. I wasn't aware of that, but yeah, I, yeah. I would, I would love to see, you know, how far the inspiration uh, goes as far as them working together. That is, that is interesting. And you never really hear too many collabs going on. I mean, other than like or more recently, the Lovecraft country with JJ uh, Abrams and Jordan Peele having some kind of interaction, you know, with Misha Green and whatnot. So, but that's cool. I would love to see more of that. Cause once again, you're making movies, you're not, you're not trying to uh, create a divide and, and uh, especially in a pandemic where not too many people are making money right now, especially Hollywood studios mm-hmm. coming together is, is some of the biggest thing we need right now in entertainment. Yeah. News, uh, uh, you know, I, I believe, but um, yeah, let us know what's going on guys. As far as uh, do you, do you embrace uh, James Gunn, you know, bringing all of these, uh, quote unquote superhero genre uh, directors together on set for Guardians three. That was for Guardians three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Guardians three. Uh, let me know in the chat or in the comments below. All right, jumping to the next story though. Uh, here we go. West Philadelphia, born and raised. So <laughs> kind of interesting, <laughs> but it's kind of hard to believe that Will Smith himself enlisted this uh, a wing of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air mansion on Airbnb. So, um, I, I mean, I could see a company doing this, but Will Smith himself is kind of endorsing this. So uh, this is brought to us by Get Fandom. It says, now you'll be able to request to book from September 29th, which is coming up just in nine days. The listing includes bedroom, bathroom, pool area, an outdoor lounge, dining room, and silver service meals. I don't know what that means. I guess five-star meals, something like that. But uh, mm, Room service. I can't imagine... People are going to really go in there and just stay the night. I feel like TikTokers, YouTubers are going to go in there and just wreak havoc and create their own like blogs. And yeah, mm-hmm. modern day fresh prints and just terrorize the place. <laughs> what do you think of this idea so far? Oh, well, I think uh, with anything like this, especially with Will Smith's endorsement and, uh, you know, a, a set like this as it was used for a popular show, there are probably a crazy amount of paperwork you have to sign uh, in regards right. to just like you said, to not damage the property, to not slander the property, to not, you know, do anything inappropriate. So I'm pretty sure they uh, if you did anything crazy, they're going to sue the hell out of you. So I, I would imagine there's some uh, waivers that need to be cleared off uh, before yeah. anyone <laughs> steps foot in that house. Most definitely. And like Art said, Jazzy Jeff still looks the same. Yeah, him and mm-hmm. him and Will, man. I mean, they they aged gracefully for sure. Yeah. So much props to them, man. I would love to see. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be part of that um that reunion that we're getting up in. Uh, is it November for Thanksgiving, right? I think so. Yeah, on HBO Max. Yeah, I would love to hear. Uh, I think or, or Peacock. I can't remember where it's going to be streaming, but yeah. I think- I think it might be Peacock, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I think he's uh, – I'm trying to think of what he – I think he might have just been a producer, DJ, right, uh, uh, b- before all, doing all this show and all that. So I think he's still doing music. 
Yeah, yeah, he's still uh, on Instagram. He does like, especially during the pandemic, he's been doing these live streams for oh, uh, doing DJ stuff. So yeah, he's still a, uh, a prominent DJ. Uh, well, I don't know yeah. if he's like doing tours or whatnot, but he, yeah, he's still doing his uh, his scratching oh, the one twos. Yeah, I don't think anyone's doing tours right now. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think overseas, I've seen a lot of the DJs because I watch a lot of like the uh, uh, live stream DJ sets and stuff. There's mm-hmm. a lot of places that are that are not doing festivals, but it looks like they're. There's some kind of clubs open still up, you know. So. Yeah, man. It's. I think some people are like they've 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 said to themselves, "Oh, the pandemic's over. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just just going back to you know." There's a lot of people that's just like that thinks it's uh it's all yeah. resolved. <laughs> yeah, and, and isn't it crazy? Before we get into this, but um, that they said that if every single American wore a mask when they were out in public, that we'd mm-hmm. be over this thing in four weeks, literally in four weeks. But because you have so many anti-maskers. You have people that my dad called me up hysterical. He's he's um well he's someone that is taking medication so it doesn't lower his immune system. So I understand mm-hmm. his his cause for it. But he'll walk into a Walmart and he says people have the mask pulled down under their nose. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're yeah. doing that, or they have it hanging off their ear. Like they'll just mm-hmm. like as soon as they get in the, inside when no one's looking, they'll take it off and they'll have it hanging on their ear. Yeah. And it's like, that's not how it works, man. You're touching items. You're probably coughing on the items. Like, yeah. we're not gonna. We're gonna be at a standstill <laughs> for a while. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. It's it's interesting, man. It's it's crazy. The U.S. man has to be number one, right? Mm-hmm. And everything. <laughs> let's jump back to Fresh Prince of Bel Air Mansion on Airbnb. I want to know how much this is gonna cost, by the way. So here's oh, our yeah. here's a look right here. This bottom. Oh wow. Yeah. It is one of the rooms. Uh, we all know that iconic in, uh, uh, top image right there where he pulls up, mm-hmm. you know, about seven or eight. But uh, <laughs> right there, and then let's jump into this other rooms, dude. I I would wow. go, I would go in with a group of like ten people to mm-hmm. to rent this for a night or or a couple of nights, man. This looks cool. You have the Will Smith memorabilia on top. You got some foosball on the on the right here on this side, uh, and then it, it looks like these are all rooms that were not really the show because mm-hmm. i don't remember right. any of the art at the bottom there's like a like a graffiti style art on the bottom yeah uh, that looks amazing by the way but um yeah look at that <laughs> dining table and look mm. at that pool man do we ever get pool to see that up. pool in the in the dang show i've never seen that. no i mean the only time you saw the pool is like when they did like an uh outside pov of the the pool house that carlton and will was in but you never saw anyone in the pool That's- you just saw them like like a shot of outside of the pool house man it's like you guys are in a multi-million dollar mansion no one uses that pool <laughs> <laughs> It's like, could we get a, could we get an episode with, um, not Ashley? What's the older, the older sister, uh, older sister's name? Uh, Hillary. Hillary. Yeah. Could we get a Hillary shot in there mm. in the pool? <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember it was, it was live recording. So they probably didn't want to get anyone <laughs> drowning or, uh, water on the cameras. Yeah. Very, very true. And, uh, I think that might be, let's see. Is there one more? Oh, no. I'm jumping back to the South Park episode. So that's it. Yeah. Um, let us know, guys, what you think. Would you spend some top dollar to get inside the Airbnb uh, 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 mansion of um, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? I love it. And uh, I know we're still early on, but let's just jump into a big, big story because this is probably one of the the top ones, man, of the of the week. Um, here we go, man. So we got reports of uh jonathan majors to play kang the conqueror is that how you play kang or khan yeah kang 
Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I don't know why we got cut out for hold on, let me give me give me one second. One second. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, so Kang the Conqueror. Now, this character, do you know much about him at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, can, can you elaborate, please? Because I have no clue about this guy. Yeah, yeah. so Kang the Conqueror uh, is from the uh, the multiverse, uh, the world 616 in the 40th century. So he's a, a futuristic character, and he's obsessed with like the age, the, the, the dawn of the superhero. So he does a bunch of research on the other planets and finds out that there's Avengers and finds out there's supervillains like Doctor Doom, and he becomes obsessed with going back in time to kind of meet his icon, his heroes, such as Doctor Doom. And in doing so, he creates this uh, kind of facade. He creates this this costume, and he travels way too far back in time. He goes to Egypt, uh, where he meets a character uh, by the name of Apocalypse, if you might remember Apocalypse and yeah, yeah. uh, X-Men. So he has some origins to the X-Men, but he also has origins to his name is um, uh, Nathan uh, Richards, which is he's a descendant of Re- Richards, uh, also known in the Fantastic Four as the leader of the Fantastic Four. So there's some connections with that. So uh, he's just a, a time-traveling su- uh, supervillain who is uh, who conquers different generations. So since he knows so much about the future, he can go to Egypt and rule Egypt because he knows everything and, and knows how to rule people. He does that throughout time until he comes yeah. across the Avengers and, and Fantastic Four and things like that to try to stop him. So Wow. Him being involved in Ant-Man makes a lot of sense because we know Ant-Man uh, is involved with the quantum realm, which is was used for time travel and Endgame. Yeah. So that's going to be a huge implications for uh, you know that franchise because they introduced the quantum realm, and a lot of the rumors are that Ant-Man three is going to introduce uh, the Young Avengers. You know, his daughter Cassie Lang is a, a Young Avenger. Uh, we have uh, Kate Bishop with uh, Hawkeye; she's a Young Avenger. So they're going to start incorporating these this younger team. And and all that stuff. So yeah, Kang is a is a is a uh, Avengers threat level type of villain. He's not quote unquote like a Thanos, yeah. but he's like that level of like destruction and, and type of approach. So I think this uh, this uh, character is going to be used for multiple films across the board. And then you know, obviously, our boy Jonathan Majors on Lovecraft Country. What a huge get for him because he is a fantastic actor. Yeah, another another uh, first round draft pick in my eyes for uh, MCU man. Uh, if they keep on this trend of picking up, and uh, I, I don't, I, it's a friendly competition. But I, I, you know, DC has some amazing actors, but MCU I think has just spanned so many movies across that every time they introduce new characters, they're from up and comers or well established, and they definitely have a good track record. And I think that introducing him into Ant Man three is great because. Ant-Man 2 or Ant-Man and the Wasp was not really uh, well received as a strong sequel to the first one, even though I enjoyed it for what it was. The villain, the ghost, I I liked, um, you know, we got our little twist with with Lawrence Fishburne and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. It was not as strong as the first. And I think a lot of people left a sour taste in their mouth or they felt like that was just a filler movie or Ant-Man in general is just a filler uh, character. But if you read the comics, like like I, I mean, you know, a lot of the the lore that these are important characters and to the development of the future, like you said, young Avengers, time travel, these are all uh, uh, integral parts of building phase four. Yeah. So yeah, man, they're, uh, they're, they got a lot of big plans for us. A lot of people, you know, um, are in the camp now, like in game was just like, Oh, I don't know how they're going to top that. Well, yeah. they're going to top it by <laughs> introducing stuff like the young Avengers. But I'm telling you right now, man, once the MCU finally rolls out the fantastic four and X-Men, yeah, it's, 
is going to be just as big, if not bigger, than what we got with Endgame, man, because there are just so many integral stories within the X-Men universe alone, and then the Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom. I mean, seriously, that they're I don't want to say they're just scratching the surface because they have a almost a three billion dollar movie, but they are yeah. just scratching the surface of like diving into the the nitty gritty of the MCU, which makes that that universe so so incredible. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, this is exciting. It's not, I don't want to say it's like a reboot of kind of, you know, um, them, st- because I mean, we've had these properties before X Men, Fantastic Four, but done right in a time where I think you can give them their proper due. Now mm-hmm. is the time uh, for these, um, not integral characters, but I, I think, you know, with like characters like Mr. Fantastic, um, even to- uh, Human Torch. You can do some elaborate things with CGI now that you couldn't really do. To, uh, what, how how long ago did that that first Fantastic Four come out? The one with Jessica Alba. Uh, the yeah, the Tim Story's films were like early two thousands. Yeah, so I mean, you're having almost two decades of technology mm-hmm. advancing. So once again, I mean, sign <clears throat> yeah. of, of the times when it comes with, to tech, and and uh, I think that's why I'm saying uh, movies like Blade, where we're seeing these, um, you know, movie even even Spawn. That's not a that's not it, what is that a dark a dark horse comics property or something like that? Mm-hmm. I think, um, or it's not MCU or, or DC, but these were movies that were put out way too soon as far as uh, uh cgi wise and i think that now they're gonna get their proper dues and they're gonna be shown in a, in a better light and yeah if they can tie in the story it's gonna it's gonna get us pumped up because i i, I totally agree i feel like after endgame people were like well what next what now like how can you how do you top that well what's even funny too about the marvel cinematic universe is to be to be honest uh iron man Captain America, Thor, Hawkeye, uh, you know, Black Widow, those were like B-list characters in the comics. Like obviously they were the Avengers, but they are not like mm. Fantastic Four. They are not X-Men, you know, they're not Spider-Man. So like it's interesting now that we, we they were able to make those B-list characters. Like everyone knows who Iron Man is now. And Iron Man, mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of his comics because they're not like the most integral comics. He doesn't have like the most role, the best rogues gallery, but he's now the most popular character in Marvel just because of the movie. So now imagine them actually yeah. taking popular characters like they've done with Spider-Man, but now with X-Men and Fantastic Four, this is just going to be even bigger than what we got in those first uh, three phases. Because these are their these oh, are definitely. their flagship characters. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I actually want to do some more research on this Kang the Conqueror. Uh, uh, that's what it was, right? Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to Eight look. And yeah, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, amazing pickup right there. And this is not the first piece of Marvel news that we are talking about. We got some more, but I'm going to save that for a little later. Uh, Art does have a question, though. Are you guys, it's kind of on the side note, but we are talking about Jessica Alba. Mm-hmm. Are you guys excited for LA Finest starring Jessica Alba and Gab- Gabrielle Union? I think we had talked about that a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. or about a month ago or so about them getting a, a renewed season. Did you yeah. check out a couple episodes? I think I checked out one. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I love Gabrielle Union. I love Jessica Alba. But I, yeah. uh, no. I, I, well, first, I'm not a procedural show watcher. I don't like like cop shows just because I found them to be so like SVU and all that stuff. I know there's a huge, obviously, there's a huge Dick yeah. Wolf books. There's a huge audience for that, but I, they're just not my cup of tea. I just be like, I'm always rolling my eyes. It's like the tropes and all that in the shows is just not for me. I'm not a big procedural cop show watcher. Yeah, and it seems like um, Gabrielle Union, and good for her, man. I mean, she's implement. Well, she left that. What, what was it? Dancing with the Star? No, not dancing. It was uh, the Voice or one of those type of shows. If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, like recently, well, this year, mm-hmm. and uh, it seems like she's trying to implement herself not only in the shows, <clears throat> but uh, she was. Um, yeah, I think you're right. 
think it was yeah. the voice or something like that. Yeah, announced that she is doing another. Br- is it Bring It On, the cheerleader movie that she was in in the early two thousands? Yeah, I saw it. I'm like, it was her and Kristen Dunst. Okay. <laughs> She's trying to live her glory years, and that's totally yeah. fine. I mean, you know, it's not probably like she- be like moms, and their daughters are going to be the cheerleaders. Yeah, it's not like she doesn't have money, man. I mean, she's married to that ball player. What the hell's his name? Um, Way, baby, Dwayne Way. Yeah, th- dude, that that's like a power couple, like to the mm-hmm. T. I mean, NBA players get crazy money, but um, yeah, it just seems like th- she's trying to. And, and I mean, she, she looks amazing for her age still. Yeah. So it's like, and I don't even know. I don't even know how old she is. I don't even want to guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna keep reliving your glory days, Kirsten Dunst, I understand because I haven't seen her in a minute. <laughs> If I'm being completely honest, though, well, she actually low key, man. She has a um, does she have a show or like, something? No, she has like a like a very popular like product line of like skincare. So she like jumped oh. into that industry. She's like killing it over there. So she kind of, um, and I think does she probably like produces some things like behind the scenes. But she like went gotcha. into like the the whole that industry, which she's been killing it at. It seems like that's the next move um, for act, uh, well, actors, actresses in particular, or fem- I'll just say female actors. Uh, more like even Jessica Alba, she has her own mm-hmm. skin line and yeah, uh, um, cosmetic line, and it's freaking killing it. It's one of these things where it's like you don't need all that money, but you got it, you know. So uh, good for them, man. I mean, spread that money out, you know, leave it for your for your kids or leave that legacy, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's kind of my take. I, I really didn't. Um, he says Gabrielle Union took that potion. <laughs> yeah. She's uh I looked it up, she's forty seven. Wow. hmm Wow. I mean, if, if you think she looks good, man, look at uh, Angela Bassett. Um she Yeah, is, she's she in still her looks like right? Stella. She dude, I wouldn't be surprised if she's 60s? close to sixty, yeah. No way. Look it up right quick. What is she is she in she's on Picard, is she? Or she's like in some kind of Am I am I completely wrong with that? Wait, Angela Bassett. I, I thought she was like in some space show that's like mm-hmm. on a, a network. Or maybe I'm tripping. Maybe it might be something else. Yeah, let me look at her right quick. Yeah, that Tom Angela, Cruise. Yeah, she's 62, bro. 62. Wow, she looks fantastic as well. Yeah. Wow, shots out to all the uh isn't that crazy? You know who, who her husband is too, right? You know who she's married to. For no, who's she married to? Courtney B. Vance. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's that's cool, man. I love seeing those power couples that are in kind of the same field, uh, mm-hmm. same industry field. I mean, man, that's how, that's how you keep that money circulated, man. For sure. Yeah, she hasn't been in a TV what? show. Oh, she's on, a, uh, I think, to show you, she's on that 911 show, like that uh, procedural uh, paramedic okay. show. I saw a poster for it. I don't know why I thought. I, I knew it was on a network a show. What is that on Fox? Mm-hmm. 11? Is that on Fox? I think so, on Fox, yeah. 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 Fox. Okay, well, people are still watching, I guess. Or people yeah, are still watching yeah. these network shows. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, Art says Angela Bassett is a goddess. Oh, yeah, dude. Agree, like, totally agree. Stella, Stella got a groove back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting. We're living in a time where it seems like more roles are offered to these seasoned actors, right? It's like, mm-hmm. usually you would think, oh, I hit a certain age. I mean, it's not like sports. You know, it's not like you, know, right. you hit a certain age and you're kind of like re- about to retire, um, you know, or you're late to the game. Or even mm-hmm. music, even music. Remember how like rappers yeah. were getting rappers were getting younger and younger. You had Soldier Boy, and you're like, man, the, bow wow, and these bow guys are making wow and hits yeah. at like 16 and 13, and you're like, oh shit, you know, like it's it's yeah. it's over by the time you're 30. Right. Now 
you know, 40, 50. That's when they're, that's when they're starting to rise, man. I mean, look at, look at my, one of my favorite rappers of all time. Um, I haven't really gravitated towards his new music, but Eminem, I mean, Eminem seems to have reinvented himself and has six albums in the last like four years. So despite, yeah. yeah and I, I hate to go off topic with music, but Eminem, man, he's still, I know a lot of people said, Oh man, his, his music changed after he went clean. That's, yeah. that's not something to <laughs> make. Right. Make, right talk crap about i mean he did himself a service of uh, he was you know taking pills and stuff but i mean i think he's still such a lyrical genius man i Dude, yeah i mean his God. the way he puts his punch lines and the way he's the syllables and the, the verses and the way he spits is still like top, this is like to me and again not to divulge into music but his yeah his his the way he spits now is like even more like cerebral than he was when he was younger. Obviously, the subject top, the subject matters are completely different because he's not talking about you know killing Kim and, and all the stuff that he used to yeah. do back in the day. But he's Most still definitely. like a, he's still an assassin. He'll murder anyone in a, in a rap battle. Mm-hmm. Still eight. <clears throat> yeah, that's why I was so tripped me out when he was against Machine Gun Kelly and people were on McKin- Machine Gun Kelly's side. Oh, dude, like, like, are you guys serious? Um, yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, this isn't Nas versus Jay Z. I remember, right. you remember that. You remember that beef? That yeah, Nas, where, where it was like really decisive. You didn't know like who to pick because they were both <laughs> dope as hell. Like, you're like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I don't know who to pick. By the way, I picked Nas in that battle. So that's just yeah, Ether man. Ether was, uh, <laughs> was groundbreaking. Yeah, most definitely. But um, all right. Uh, so let's jump to this next uh topic, guys. I don't. I hate talking about delays, but we have to. You know. Disney is likely to delay Black Widow. Well, we I don't know if we've got a confirmation on the delay yet, but they are moving Soul to Disney Plus. And that one actually made me a bit sad because this one visually looks really good. The story yeah. looks really good. And I like the, uh, the actors attached mm-hmm. in the uh, the voice. Um, so what, what are your thoughts, man, on uh, Soul moving to Disney Plus? Believe it or not, man. Um, well, not believe it or not, but I think in the light of the situation that we're in, I think that fits more on the platform, kid friendly. I think that's that that one is going to do like bonkers good uh, on Disney Plus. Obviously, like you said, I would love to have seen this on the big screen. It looked like it yeah. would have been beautiful to see on the screen, but you know, understanding the situation and understanding they want to kind of they don't want to push everything back to next year and the year after that. So I think that makes a lot of sense. The Black Widow thing has been coming up where they, they might do the Black or the uh, Mulan thing, the, the premium $30 price, which, you know, I was having, who was I talking to? I was talking to someone on, on their podcast about it. And, and the way they saw it is um, the way Phase 4 is shaping up for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is we're getting Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're getting Loki. We're getting WandaVision. So, like, their new Phase 4 is gravitating towards streaming. So wouldn't it be cool to have their first movie out of the gate, a phase four movie, Black Widow, coming mm-hmm. on streaming platform to kind of open that window of like, this is the future. And of course, we're going to make movies at the theater, but why not kick this phase four of Marvel, which will have more prominent shows on Disney, starting off with a Disney Plus movie with Black Widow. So when he said that, I was like, yeah, that, that kind of, like I said, it sucks that, first off, it sucks that Natasha uh, Romanoff has had, it's taken this long for her to get a film. Yeah. And it kind of sucks that her film's going to be on a you know streaming platform. But yeah. in the light of the circumstances, it's not you know a, a bad substitute for some of these studios that don't even have a streaming platform to put movies on. Yeah. Disney has that opportunity. <clears throat> yeah and it's a it's a strong it's one of the strongest streaming platforms that we have right now besides netflix mm-hmm. right so i mean exactly. i mean it's not like they're going like to peacock with with black widow you know right, they're not I mean? going to the five dollar walmart binge <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly man um this is also an interesting take since we were talking about you know um it going 
if it were to go to a streaming service like Disney Plus. Um, I saw a lot of people in the comments saying I wouldn't be mad at it because I already have a home theater system. Now, I think with the rise of more and more, uh, well, I mean, if you guys follow, you know, um, home entertainment <laughs> systems, they're getting cheaper over the years, man. TVs are getting bigger and they're getting yeah. cheaper. So I think people are building their own home studio setup, especially in these times. Uh, yeah. look, at, look at the gyms closing. What did that force people to do? Get their own gym setup. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it forced. Now people are working out at home since they can't go work out. They're getting themselves some weights, some cardio, yeah. bike, or whatever it is. On the flip side, I think with theaters now shut down for majority of America and uh, yeah. well, some parts of the world still, I think it's going to force people to upgrade their home system. So when these premium services, uh, premium movies do come out, even at premium prices, they're going to be ready to kind of watch it as opposed to if this were 10 years ago, you're watching it on a 32-inch screen, right? Right, right. 720. Uh, exactly. So I think the setup's a little different where you can enjoy some of these movies. But would you like to watch a Black Widow at home? Most likely not for those of us that are you know, fans of this. Yeah, and, and that's a, a conversation I always think about in regards to uh, the, the first time seeing a film at the theater and how you experience it. And then when you take it home and see it, if it still has that same effect and same impact. And then the other way I look at it is, I've, some of my favorite movies of all time I saw for the first time at home, you know, whether it be Jurassic Park, the Star Wars, the prequels. I wasn't born in the 70s, so I never yeah, saw true. those at the theater. So it always kind of does that psyche, that mindset of like, I have to see this at the theater. It was like, well, look at the films that you own at home and how many of those films you saw for the first time at home. And you still love it. You still got it because at the end of the day. Like you said, you know, home theater systems, you want the best picture, the best sound, all that stuff. But what trumps all that for me is the story, the characters, you know, all that stuff is more important to me personally than some of the, of course, I love visual effects. I love cinematography and all that. But like, it's that, that's the thing that attaches me and makes me keep coming back to the movies and becoming a fan of those movies is the stories and the characters. So I think that kind of trumps the, you know, the, the, the movie going experience is the actual experience of the film. Yeah, no, most definitely. I agree. Um, and, and I started looking at it because I have a I just recently got a 75 inch TV. I was I was blessed. Hola. Yeah. In that neighbor, we're a humble bragging. I didn't get it brand new. I didn't get it brand new. But it was an upgrade from a from a 55 inch that I had. And a buddy of mm-hmm. mine was even going bigger. And that's the thing. I was like, bro, you're younger than me. You're going blind or something. What's going on? You know, he's like, he's like, I got it. He goes this 80. 83 inch screen went on sale i think i'm gonna get it man you want my 75 inch for half the more than half the price i said hell yeah let me take that off your head so had to do it so now i have a picture i was sitting back the other day i'm like you know what with theaters still being shut down and i think california is going to take the longest to reopen if i'm being completely honest Mm -hmm. i think (laughs) my my next thought is like how am i going to upgrade my my sound system Mm -hmm. so once again i think people multiply you know uh moviegoers by so many i think we're mm-hmm. all going to be thinking the same thing man how are we upgrading our, our our home systems i'm not saying that's gonna like like how you just said kind of trumps the experience of going out and um you know being in those in those recliner seats which mm-hmm. even people have recliner seats at home now you know yeah. studio setups uh i don't know it's gonna be i'm just saying that i think less and less people are worried about just only watching these movies in theaters as opposed yeah. to like 10 years ago and stuff. So yeah. in, in one sense, it is sad. I think, I think Rob just said in the chat too, you know, this is killing the, 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 the industry, which it is. But I think for the movie goers, they, they're, they're kind of like, 
they're not really caring 100% about that because they're more about, about the comfort and the convenience of your own home. You know? So, yeah. It, yeah. No we'll see, it, I, guess. I mean, we all know, I think at the end of the day, I think theaters will uh, somehow, somewhat make it out of this storm. Because, uh, I mean, just look at the theater experience from when it was first established. I mean, you had the Spanish flu, the depression, yeah. uh, you know, the, the booming of TVs, color, uh, and then color TVs, and then, you know, the prominence of sporting events and all i mean cell phones i mean they've they've seen their fair share of things that can kind of trump the theater experience and they were able to make it out but the thing that is a little bit different this time around is none of those generations had streaming platforms none of those generations dealt with netflix apple tv disney you know hulu all that stuff so it is a bit of a different experience and the generation that's growing up with that experience would mother mother rather watch Black Widow on their cell phone than they would on the TV or the, on the theater screen. So that is, you know, a different different generation. <clears throat> How disrespectful is that to watch? Like if you were if you were part of this movie or the director and you heard that people were watching it on their cell phone. <laughs> hey, I mean, dude, I mean, let's I let's know. be honest. That's Quibi. There's big prominent directors yeah. that make Quibi shows. It's like they know their 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 stuff is getting on a cell phone, so they're they're doing they're going they're going away at the times. They got to stay relevant. Yeah, and I'm still baffled that Quibi is still up and running because yeah. that was a service. I'm telling you some of the shows that I checked out, I checked out the Liam Neeson show, uh, Liam Hemsworth show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just saw a commercial for it on actual TV. I was like, well, they're having Quibi commercials, but um, they had that one. They had the mm-hmm. one with a uh, um, uh, girl from game of Thrones. The one that played um, dark Phoenix. Dark oh, Phoenix. Uh, Sophie Turner and Corey Sophie Turner. Yeah, these were great shows, and I'm like, yeah, the, heard, fact yeah. that, the fact that I had to watch them on my cell phone, it turned me off. It totally yeah. turned me off. So I saw um, Ty Sheridan's in a new one that they're promoting, mm-hmm. and I'm like, they got some this good is stuff still man. going on. I do. I've never done this before. So the other, you know, obviously YouTube has commercials. There was a commercial. It was a 23-minute ep- or maybe 17-minute episode of the Day Dahan, and I can't think of the girl's name, but it was like he essentially is a serial killer, and she's a, like, Uber driver, and, like, they're chasing each other throughout the night. I, I that, watched yeah. the first episode on the commercial because I was just like, this is intriguing. So, yeah, they have some pretty, you know, solid shows. It's just, yes. like you said, the rollouts. I think now they're allowing you to watch it on TV unlike they were before that would have been the smartest thing they could have done offer some kind of um what is it called like when you stream it to your tv or whatever exactly do it like that um for those that want to that have obviously bigger t- you know tv screens they want to sh- or they want to yeah. show it to people because that's how my girlfriend and i were doing it i was like here here's my account watch it on your phone in your mm-hmm. time free time and it's like yeah this, is, this looks great but it's like i can barely <laughs> see this the landscape that they're trying to show me you know so it's like Funny story. So not to digress this conversation, but funny story. I watched a full length movie, a two hour movie on my phone uh, this week. I watched uh, Greenland on my phone because I got a a link, a screener link, and I didn't read the instructions. I never read the instructions, but the the instructions said if you open this link on that device, you have to watch on the device. So I didn't read that. So I like when the time came to watch the film, I couldn't watch it on my computer because the link breaks if you try to open because they think you're sharing it to someone else. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I literally had to watch Greenland, a two hour film on my phone. That's crazy. You know what? It it was funny, (laughs) even funnier. I started the antebellum on my phone too. I started. I started watching that, and and, yeah. I, and I regret it too because that opening scene. Well, to me, the first mm-hmm. forty minutes. But the, uh, I think you had mentioned it too. The first forty minutes is like visually like pretty good, and it's 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 mm-hmm. a whole different story. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, that opening scene. I was the whole time I was watching on my phone. I was like, "Hold!" I was like, "God, I wish I, could, I was watching this right now on my TV for the first time." But yeah. no, I, I, I totally feel you, man. And uh, I was wondering too, how do they stop people from sharing these links of the screeners? So it makes sense to just pop up on one IP, I guess. Yeah, that's how they kind of, kind of stop the not pi- pri- uh, piracy, but stopping from sharing yeah, people sharing like links of yeah, <clears throat> yeah. No, most definitely, most definitely. Uh, that was a movie too that got that got uh, delayed too, and that was um. We love disaster movies, uh, my girlfriend and I. Um, but yeah, it. I mean, they all look the same. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, I'm, I already shot my review for it. And I'm. I, I don't know when the film's coming out. There's no embargo. Like people are dropping their reviews. I'm gonna probably drop mine in this week. But yeah, I would do yeah, more. Greenland, more. bro. I can't wait to you for you to see that film, man. It is uh, a doozy to say the least. Yeah, there, there's um, it's like one of those guilty pleasures where it's like uh, you can't and like almost a train wreck. You can't, you can't uh, a car crash. Like you can't help but look and watch, right? Uh, I'll just say this: it was the most boring disaster film I've ever seen. No way! It's not even. I mean, I don't. It's not even like a disaster film in my eyes. Like it's uh, kind of mis mis uh, misleading. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess they put uh all the best scenes in the in the trailer. Then I guess. Yes. From what I <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's that's your take, guys. Your first take from uh, Elliot Movie Files uh, about Greenland coming up. So, all right, all right. Well, I mean, Gerard Butler, he's kind of like one of those guys that they shimmy in those action, those cheesy action movies, anyway. So, yeah, this is the most least Gerard <laughs> Butler film I've ever seen. Like he was just a guy. He's he was just a regular guy. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. All right, let's jump to this next story, and I'm sure a lot of you guys uh, uh, heard about this already. Um, Let's see how we can get this going. Uh, the Batman does resume production in the UK after COVID shutdown. WB never revealed the identity of the person who tested positive for COVID-19, but reports indicated it was Robert Pattinson. So early reports were like it was a crew member. And then like literally the same day, they were like, oh, it's Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Uh, so once again, they're still kind of reporting, but WB has doesn't have an official statement. Um Thoughts? I mean, it only really halted production for a couple of weeks, which I think that's the time you have to quarantine, right? So yeah, yeah. And I, so, I would imagine they probably shot some stuff during those two weeks anyway. Yeah. Exterior shots, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, shots of different characters and, and whatnot. And um, yeah, you know, it's interesting with these, with these, or even um, uh, if you guys follow like YouTubers and stuff like that. People mm-hmm. that are out in public vlogging or shooting anything, shows, whatever, they're getting mm-hmm. tested a couple times a week. Yeah, at least at least because mm-hmm. they're around so many people daily, whether that's the same people or yep. different people. So yep. I can only imagine. Get, I t- I got tested once, and it was a it was a, a shitty pro. Like I didn't enjoy it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was I was like I can't imagine doing this like three or four times a week. <laughs> <laughs> Your nostrils start bleeding oh. randomly. There's this viral video where this lady had to get it in. They had to swab her throat twice and then they did each nostril and she was like mm. gagging and just like it did it looked terrible process man there has to be an easier way <laughs> uh, when you said that it just sound like they they were just torturing her <laughs> they were just messing around oh we gotta go in here oh, we gotta go i got yeah no it was yeah. like that. i gotta i gotta find you the video but it was it it was laughable because she was maybe over exaggerating like but I'm just she must have been a karen like i need my damn test right now i'm gonna call <laughs> your manager all right we'll get you a COVID test we'll give you that COVID 20 test I just thought it was yeah, right. Facial holes. I, I just thought it was funny that she was actually recording it. Like, did you <laughs> did you not know you uh, you know we're gonna react like this or what? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that was that's funny. funny. But yeah, so uh, like you said, I mean, um, 
they probably did film around uh, him not being there on set. And yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, this is probably the biggest trailer to blow us away. That wasn't even a movie that was even half done, right? Mm-hmm. Something like 30% yeah, done crazy. or whatever. Yeah, man. God. That trailer broke the internet for sure. Broke it. I, still, I mean, that shot. I mean, isn't it funny? A trailer, there's a shot from a trailer that makes the movie already iconic. And it's the I vengeance scene. So that's how you know, like, if everything plays out. It's, People it's making memes about it. Out. Yeah, if it comes out in October, yeah. it's going to be the biggest DC film to date. I know. I totally agree. I told. I would totally agree with that statement. I thought you guys did a uh, a recent, um, or you did a recent Batman watch, right? I didn't even yeah, know what was yeah, happening. Alex, yeah, Alex. He uh, Alex uh, with uh, Ultra Geeks. He he yeah. started this new channel called, uh, or this new um, kind of avenue called DC Now and Forever, where he's going to be covering right. everything DC, so comics, movies, animation. So he's he's really excited for it. So yeah, he did a because yesterday was Batman Day, so he did a uh, mm. a watch along for uh, Batman eighty nine. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Nice man. Yeah, I, I seen that uh, recently too about because uh, I got all the all the ones that people call cheesy, like, uh, well, the first two are, are, are cool to me. Um, mm-hmm. but like Batman and Robin, uh, Batman mm-hmm. forever and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, I, I do have those on Blu-ray, like in a four pack set or something or five pack, whatever it is. Right. And, uh, I enjoyed the first one again. Uh, once again, obviously like a lot of the things are dated. Oh you yeah. Know? It's kind of oh, goofy. Yeah. It, it yep. is goofy, but that's one of the sign of the times when people talk about sign yeah. of the times, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a sign of the times movie. But yeah, sh- shout out to, uh, um, levels of geek, man. Uh, uh, Alex and Ken, man, they're doing uh, some good things over there. Love mm-hmm. their production value as well, but yeah. let's jump into another big story. Cause we're about an hour in guys. So she Hulk, she Hulk news, yeah, man, man lands Kate Coro. So we get, before we get into who's playing she Hulk, mm-hmm. we get Kate, uh, Coro, I believe is how you pronounce that, uh, as EP and director. So Corey, uh, Coro is in negotiations to direct the pilot and several other episodes of the Disney Plus series and will executive produce. She's previously directed Dead to Me. Love that nice. show. Yeah. It's always Sunny in Philadelphia. Love nice. that show. Nice. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So those are great yeah, shows. Comedy. So yeah, yeah. that's be an interesting take on uh, this character. Yeah. So before we get into who is playing She-Hulk, <laughs> what do you think about the woman behind the camera? That's cool, man. Like I said, I um, I wasn't aware that she was uh, attached to those uh, shows that I love, like all those shows you just said. I, I'm a big fan of, and they're yeah. some of my favorite comedy. So it seems to me like Marvel's going to be uh, implementing a little bit of comedy of this character, but also mm-hmm. as we know, just because you're a comedian doesn't mean you can't go to the serious level. Like we know Taika Waititi. You know, does that with Jojo Rabbit, does that. You know, Thor is really funny, but it has some serious moments. I mean, you know, Asgard's destroyed. He loses his dad. He loses his hammer. So there's some serious stuff going on. So, but no, I'm excited, man. Uh, it shows that Marvel is, uh, you know, expanding their horizons. And it shows that also, too, those shows you just mentioned, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, and the other show that you mentioned, um, that Dead Marvel did to me, yeah, that they have like their team and they're scouting everyone and everything. They're school, they're they're checking out all these different shows, checking out all these different talents. So it just goes to show to me that they are not just looking for the same people to come on their projects. They're opening their net. They're casting out different directors, different uh, people to play the role. So it, it opens that that conversation about diversity and, and that they're, uh, you know, looking for new talent. Most definitely. Now, uh, was Dead to Me a show that you caught? I forgot if you if you had covered that or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I covered the uh, the most recent season on my channel. Yeah, I love that show, man. Okay, dope. Show. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a show that that, that tackles. 
I would say murder, like in a satirical way, especially the second mm-hmm. season. Um, so, or not murder, but like deaths and stuff like that uh, in a satirical way. But there are dramatic moments, right? So yeah. hopefully with She-Hulk, we can find that balance, you know, um, because I think when automatically people look at Brooklyn Nine-Nine and, and more, more apparent, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They think these are pure comedy shows right but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. dead to me was a little different on the flip side where you get a couple of different genres kind of thrown in there so i'm actually really excited because all those names and i'm sure she has a couple other that they didn't mention these are all solid these are winners so you're throwing someone that's definitely capable uh behind the camera and uh ep i don't know what that what does that stand for do you know what that means it says ep and director uh executive producer Oh, okay. Duh. She's gonna probably be. She's gonna probably have like her hands in like the creative process of the character in different in different episodes, maybe even writing and stuff like that. So, uh, gotcha. yeah, you normally normally the first the directors that direct the the first couple episodes probably have a heavy hand in in involvement in the in the character <clears throat> or the show, I should say. Most definitely, most definitely. And then uh, up next, who is our show lead? So She-Hulk cast Tatiana Maslany, I believe is how you pronounce it, in lead role. And she was on Orphan Black. And she will play Jennifer Walters, the cousin of Bruce Banner. I kind of heard a little breakdown in a video of of her involvement, kind of like how she became. So I guess uh, from what I gathered is that she, in the comics at least, uh, that she something happens an accident where she needs a blood transfusion and Bruce Banner uh, Bruce is there to kind of uh, give her that which mm-hmm. ultimately turns her into She Hulk. Now I've heard yeah. I've heard some different things of how she transforms. One is that it just spontaneously happens like Bruce Banner, or yeah. uh, 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 in the other sense that she can control it. Do you know which one is more accurate? I don't. Like you said, there's different interpretations. So I think uh, in some runs that it is, like you said, uh, when she's angry, when she's in a certain mindset and other times she she hones in her you know abilities to transform. So I think we'll get an yeah. amalgamation of both when they when we see her on the show. Yeah. And then also, I don't know if this is just rumor or oh, I mean, everything's rumor right now since we're just kind of in the in the baby step phases. Right. Um, but was that they're possibly going to introduce Red Hulk as well? Do you know much about Red Hulk at all? Yeah, I think Red Hulk's going to probably make an appearance in, uh, I was thinking, uh, Black Widow, because I think they're going to oh, have gotcha. like the Abomination and uh, um, all that, all those characters coming to the mix. So, yeah, I think that's going to be uh, a show where we're going to get more of Red Hulk and, and kind of that whole situation. Okay, cool. Um, now, like someone said here in the top comment, uh, extremely underrated actress. Do you know, uh, did you ever watch Orphan Black or know much of this woman's work? No, the only thing I saw her in it was something more recent was uh, Perry Mason on uh, HBO. Uh, oh, okay, she was fantastic in that show, and, I, and I've heard nothing but great things about Orphan Black. I just never really got into it, but yeah, she's from the sample I got of her in the first season of, of uh, Perry Mason. She's she's a, a, a hell of an actress. So this is a surprising picks. I know a lot of people were thinking Allison Brie, uh, Gina uh, uh, from uh, what's her name? Gina, what's her last name? Um, Gina Rodriguez. Yeah. That she was oh. gonna, oh, not Gina Rodriguez, but um, girl from Mandalorian, and she used to be a, I think, oh. like a, a wrestler. Um, oh, I'm not sure. I can't think of her name right now, but yeah, but this was a surprise cast, but a, a great casting. You know, Marvel always does that. Sometimes they they uh, surprise you with their casting, and when you when you see who they cast, like, oh, that makes perfect sense. So, yeah. yeah man. 
let us know what you guys think in the chat about this uh this cast that we get so far this cast announcement uh for she hulk and if it's a character that you are looking forward to i, I feel like a lot of people were, were are looking forward to this uh this show being made i don't even know much about it but i'm i'm kind of just interested as as far as it and we did get the announcement too that um that uh, uh god what's it i just forget that uh the one that plays bruce banner now in the, in the mcu a uh, ruffalo mark ruffalo mm-hmm. it will yeah. be part of the show uh at least yeah, a, ca- a cameo yeah. or some kind of mm-hmm. yeah so uh i mean i'm excited just to see kind of uh where this does lead because uh, it's a character that i don't know i didn't um grow up on, on the comics uh yeah, i talked about a, that before so she's a lawyer so uh there's a lot of mcu characters that might need lawyers in their in their back corner especially peter parker and right. especially uh with everything that went down with Civil War and the uh, Sokovia Accords and a lot of the superheroes not going on record to, uh, you know, being a part of those accords. So they have a lawyer now to help them. Yeah, most definitely. It's going to be interesting time. Uh, let us know, guys, in the chat or in the comments below what you guys think of She-Hulk coming up uh, or that announcement once again. All right. So next up, we have some more superhero news. We have uh, some DC news. So we got new seasons of Harley Quinn titans and by the way the did you see the, the picture they released for the new harley quinn it, it shows it shows her kissing on some girl like making that like making out making out with some girl yeah it's probably poison ivy possibly yeah i didn't i didn't even know she was into women but i mean i don't I follow the yeah, character so. uh, yeah she her and poison ivy are uh lovers oh yeah i have no clue but uh i thought that, i thought that marketing was interesting because that was like the poster <laughs> like her on the front with the poster uh young justice and doom patrol land at hbo max so once again hbo max is rolling out these shows all seasons move to hbo max as dc universe rebrands to a comic book subscription service starting january 21st so you are the DC guy, man. What are your thoughts on on these announcements here? Yeah, no, this is uh, for those of us that have been paying close attention to the DC Universe and HBO Max. This was something that we all saw coming because DC Universe app really didn't pick up as much as DC wanted to. Uh, a lot of people like myself, DC fan, a big fan. I didn't even sign up for the app because I just didn't see enough worth another paying for a subscription service so i think mm-hmm. this was smart on their end to, to transfer uh uh these shows to this uh this new platform hbo max to have it all under under one umbrella so it, it was uh the next logical step for them and you know they still got the the as you just mentioned on uh, the top of the year they're going to still have their uh comic app um mm-hmm. so you still get the best of both worlds so yeah <clears throat> okay now have these been shows i don't know if you just mentioned it now but have mm-hmm. you seen any of these seasons before uh, Doom Patrol, the first two seasons of Doom Patrol. I uh, I I want to see Harley Quinn because I heard it is like super hilarious. And we were talking about South Park earlier. They say that it is just as vulgar as any show ever. Mm-hmm. So it's very rated R, very M for mature. Uh, Titans, I've heard a mixed bag of. I love these characters. You know, obviously you have, as you can see, a picture of Nightwing and you know Dick Grayson's character, and and uh, I think they're gonna have the Red Hood storyline. So there are there's mm-hmm. interest in the show. I just haven't really. I haven't seen it because I don't I don't have DC yet. But now that it's going to be on HBO Max, I'll probably catch up with the first two seasons or three seasons, I think, and yeah. uh, see what's going on there. And then Young Justice, I never really got into that, but I heard it's, it's a great animated show for DC fans. So, um, like I said, the only one I've seen is, is the first two seasons of Doom Patrol, which is a fantastic show. Now, I have a question for you. Why do you think that with the animated DC shows, they go so much more edgier than in the live action movies as far as uh, more of a rated R approach? I mean, I I, I believe uh, we'll go over this, but uh, I think I know Suicide Squad is going to be rated R. But uh, for the most part, it, it's uh, all this stuff is PG-13 as far as live action. But why are all of the 
animated shows a lot more violent and more for a mature audience. Like, is there what is your reasoning for them uh, kind of keeping that with the animated shows only? Well, they do have uh, like uh, Teen Titans Go. They have that for the younger audience. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to have like that DC pet show, which is like following the pets of the DC superheroes. Uh, Super mm-hmm. Pets, I think is the name of it. So they do have like that younger, uh, you know, fun, you know, everyone can watch it. But I think when it comes to their rated R content, since they don't really do it in the big screen, besides like the Joker or Birds of Prey or Suicide Squad, this is where those creators can tell those more darker, more. And, and that's why, honestly, that's why I gravitate towards DC because they are more mature stories. Just inherently speaking, they're darker. They're, you know, a little bit more uh, infomature. So mm-hmm. I think when it comes to their animation, that's like, well, since we can't get them on the big screen, we can be more rough around the edges. We can tell these more darker stories on the animated version. And then, you know, now with HBO Max, we'll probably see more mature uh, live action TV shows. And then as we know with the Joker, the success of the Joker and, you know, obviously Suicide Squad is going to be, well, not obviously, but we'll talk about it later, but Suicide Squad is going to be rated R. I think they're going to start to implement more of the more mature stuff on the big screen and, and have a success like they did with the Joker. Yeah, I was just wondering if there was a reasoning for doing the live, uh, you know, it, just because it was going to... Um, to the big screen, you know, if they if that's the reason why they toned it down because more eyes would be possibly watching it. But now that we're living in an era where things could possibly just go directly to streaming, you yeah. would think that they have a more of a, I guess, leverage to get edgier. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all like you just mentioned. There's always that conversation about like, man, this should have been radar. But like you just yeah. said, I think uh, when you have PG thirteen, you obviously want to make a profit so more people can see the film. Also. Mm-hmm there's a lot of strict, you know, restrictions and guidelines overseas. So like China doesn't like rated R films. So if you're rated R, you're going to lose a huge market in China. So I think some of these films are just like, let's just go ahead and bite the bullet and do the rated uh, PG 13 just to get, reach a writer audience. But like you just mentioned, um, some of these, you know, people want to see rated R content in the U S so they, you know, you get a film like the Joker, you get a film like suicide squad. So I think they're going to do, they're going to pick and choose. Like I would never see wonder woman, Superman, Aquaman, Flash, Batman. I never see them going rated R because those are their flagship characters and they want everyone to see those. But then when you have like a Justice League Dark or you have like a Birds of Prey or you have like a Suicide Squad, these more obscure characters, you can get that rated R just because it kind of calls for versus their, you know, you're not going to put a rated R character and you want to sell toys to little kids, you know? Yeah, very true. I, I always felt like Batman was a character that should have been a rated R film. That it would have justified the rated R rating. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, just yeah, for the yeah. the dark look of everything of Gotham and the character, mm-hmm. all the all the all the characters. I'm talking about the more recent films, not obviously like yeah. go- Goofy Two Face that we got from Tommy Lee Jones, right? Yeah. But um, you know, more of the darker edge characters, like more recent Jokers. That mm-hmm. I mean, even with Joker going rated R and and being hidden a billion, like it's like. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just felt like that was always a property that could definitely justify a rated R and it would just make as much money. Whereas opposed to an Aquaman, that's kind of the PG. Th- you don't see that going rated R, really. It could, you know. I mean, it, you know, you got people underwater and, and monsters eating people's heads. It, it could go. Game, I mean, anything, as Game you know, anything, and, well, yeah, yeah. I'm say anything. Yeah, it can get to that level. I just, the reason I never can, I, I see why they don't do rated R with Batman is because, again, Batman is universally like he isn't just a, a an average superhero. Like people know that emblem of Batman more yeah. so than any other symbol. So like they even can't, Superman, they don't wanna, even Superman, yeah. So they don't want to like neglect that. You know, kids. I grew up with. I mean, I grew up with Batman. So like, if he was rated R, I wouldn't be able to see that character. So I think yeah. 
characters like that, they just and and not to say you can't get edgy with PG thirteen as we saw with Christopher Nolan and how they portrayed Joker and you know a couple of the other films. Man of Steel is very dark, very bleak, but they didn't go rated R. So you can you know you can you can get edgy with rated R. You don't have to you know obviously there's no f bombs or people getting their head decapitated, but you can allude yeah. to those things without actually showing it. So yeah, uh, I, I think even the brutal nature that we got kind of a well the brutal fighting that we got so far from Robert Pattinson, the one that made they made a meme out of where he's punching the yeah. shit out of that one guy. I mm-hmm. mean. Even that elaborated on could do for a rated R because mm-hmm. when you think of these characters uh, that are technically like vigilantes taking justice into their justice into their own hands, uh, the world is a cruel place. We know this living in reality, right? So if you just portray that on the on the big screen, I think <clears throat> you're dealing with crime it has to be rated R or nothing. I mean, we've seen that they can tone it down because you have different camera angles. When we're living in real life, we only have one camera angle, right? Our optics. So. I, I think, but with certain properties, it could work where you won't lose a fan base. And I think Batman is such a strong fan base. You could go there and not lose out on money. That's just yeah. kind of what, that's just kind of what I was saying as far except as, for the, like I said, except for the international markets, because some markets don't yeah. play rated R movies. And they, like I said, Batman is a global, uh, like, I don't know, like the boys, <laughs> like, you know, it's a, how they market their characters. Like Batman is a global superhero. So like, they don't want to neglect yeah. China's market or neglect, uk for some of the films so they, they want to make sure that everybody can see it totally totally agree let us know what you guys think in the comments it's an interesting uh discussion right there but let's jump to the next one um i'm excited for this finally got some news uh for stranger things season four production starts in uh the end of this month man and just eight days yeah. stranger things four the series is reportedly due to resume production in just over a week back in july the tentative date uh tentative return date was the 17th um thoughts uh do we have any predictions for this show i mean i know a lot of people thought the last couple of seasons were weaker than everything else uh, i think you had said that you, you just uh you enjoyed the first one as the strongest right yeah i think uh at least for me i think the first season is their strongest season but that's not saying that the other two are, are bad it's just not as cohesive and not as strong or impactful and and as we all talk about with any conversation with movies the original being better than the sequels it's just like that was lightning in a bottle when we first saw them addressing the 80s those kids at that young of age the coming of age goonies adventure with these creatures it was just you can't replicate that so that's why i love that first season so much but season two was still fun, still scary. You know, you still got those the favorite characters you love. Season three, I thought was stronger than season uh, two. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. Obviously, without spoilers, you know, Hopper, uh, everything that goes on with that character, and then apparently they're going to be traveling across different areas. We're not just going to be in Hawkins. We're going to be maybe going to Russia for a little bit. Maybe going to other towns that are, you know. The Demogorgon has maybe attached itself to. So it's going to be a bigger uh, and more uh, a scope of a season. So that'll be really interesting to see what they do. I just hope they don't lose the essence of the character that we love when they're trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Because sometimes you forget about your characters on a more smaller Mm -hmm. uh, scale. No, I totally agree. It's almost, uh, (laughs) and I hate to go back to a lesser property, but those movies, Tremors. I don't know if you grew up on the Tremor movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was something that started off in like, I think in Arizona or somewhere, New Mexico, somewhere really uh, in, in this location, mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. 
And then they expanded out to like literally a worldwide Tremors yeah. and people were like, okay, like you're taking it worldwide and you can lose the essence, like you just exactly, said, yeah. of the characters of being in one setting confined. Mm-hmm. Now we're jumping to um, Russia, which they alluded to at the at the end of yeah. the last season. And then, mm-hmm. of course, we saw Hopper as, as well. And uh, it could either make it or break it. But what, I mean, this this is a franchise that's crazy strong. I mean, mm-hmm. Universal, Universal every year does... Um, you know, Universal Studios for Halloween Horror Nights, they do like a, a very successful mazes on this thing. And, you know, not mm-hmm. this year, but, you know, they've done it before where it's it's a crazy property, right? I mean, toys, merchandise, all kinds of different things where people do love these characters, this bunch of kids, yeah. man. These kids, I mean, look at Millie Bobby Brown, man. She's 16 years old, and she just produced her first movie with Elnella Holmes. It's coming out this Wednesday. Finn Wolfhart ha- directed his first film at the film uh, film festival a couple weeks ago. Um, Caleb, you know, he does his thing on TV. Um, a lot of them model, too. A lot of them do model. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, so, like, these kids yeah. are, are entrepreneurs at a young age of 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old. They've, they've lived more life than, a, you know, a 60-year-old has. So, like, they, mm-hmm. they have a huge fan base, man. Like, they – that's so cool about that that show, that first season, is those kids that watch them are now growing up with them. So, like – they they have their own audience, man. Like they are, they're they're mega stars in their own right, especially in the social media zeitgeist. Yeah, and that's one thing I can definitely offer words to as far as if you are a young child actor, and we see mm-hmm. what happens to our child actors that we grew up on. It's usually not the Drugs, best story. Sex, death, suicide. Yeah, it gets exactly, dark. exactly. Mm-hmm. It gets super dark. I mean, we see many documentaries on it, right? But if you're a child star, the only thing I would say is spread yourself out like they are now because exactly. the future the future is not promised with just one show or mm-hmm. one t- one uh, movie. Yep. Uh, things can go sideways really quick. And especially now, TV shows are getting canceled left and right. Yeah, man. You know, so spread yourself out, whether that means uh, partnering up with H&M or whatever the hell. Yeah, cos- cosmetic your own like- YouTube channel, your Twitch channel. I mean, these kids exactly. now, like I said, they have these opportunities. And I think that's why comparing this generation of kid actors versus, you know, the 80s or the 70s or even Judy Gardner, you know, growing up in the 30s yeah. and 40s, there wasn't a lot of other kid actors, you know, like Macaulay Culkin. He didn't have anyone to kind of rely on or Corey, you know, all those guys. It was just them. They were just, they were all in the same movie. So like they didn't have anyone to relate to, but now that there's so many kid actors, they can relate to each other. They can communicate, they can link up. And then, like you said, they have so many more opportunities than they had Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, Twitch, YouTube. So like they have so many ways to spread their wings. Like you said, uh, products that they can sell so yeah that's yeah they, they definitely have a, a much of a bigger advantage but they also have a little bit more of a a, a wider eyes to, to branch themselves out unlike the previous generations of kid actors yeah most definitely and i and i i hope that much success because i do like them i hope they keep their nose clean uh no pun intended i think the older <laughs> the older kid got into some drug trouble but uh, charlie yeah charlie yeah, yeah i don't yeah mm-hmm. so you know don't follow in those footsteps guys especially if you're a younger audience uh, i know i have a couple of younger uh people in here that jump on the chat sometimes so you know p- please just follow your dreams and and keep mm-hmm. your nose clean spread yourself out if you're trying to get into entertainment spread yourself out because once again the promise uh, the, the future isn't promised in, in one thing sometimes yeah. And like you had just said, with social media, the, the possibilities are endless. I think they said in the last five to seven years, it's been like the the, the decade of the entrepreneurs where younger yeah. and younger people are making money off their phone, man. I mean, they're yeah, just man. making, geez, making money in the, that passive income, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, shouts out to everybody. Hey, we got Eve in the chat. 
Hey, what's, what's going up, on? Dude? We are back. <laughs> yeah, we uh, missed this last week. Um, and she <clears> is late <throat> to the party, but hey, great for having you here. Uh, let's jump to the next story, guys. Uh, something we were just alluding to a little while ago. We were on this top- the topic of rated R superhero films. The Suicide Squad will be heavily rated R. What is heavily rated R? Because usually you hear that with PG-13, like a more edgier PG-13. or hev- But heavily rated R, the next step is X. <laughs> rated X or, or NC-17, right? Or, or uh, NR? Yeah. Uh, what is it? And I, I don't know what it is, but it's... Uh, what, what yeah. do you, what's your take on that? No, I think uh, Joel is just alluding to like this is not going to be, you know, just rated R for the sake of a couple F-bombs or maybe some blood. But Mm. I think they're going to just really ratchet it up, man. We're going to see some. I mean, James Gunn, man, again, not to touch on his past, but I mean, he he can get to some 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 weird and dark places as we saw his Twitter feed, you know, 10 years ago. He comes from trauma. He Trouble, comes from, man. That yeah, is the so most he, raunchiest horror exactly, stuff that you've ever seen. <laughs> exactly, man. So expect some like very vulgar language, some probably some really crazy kills. I mean, you got to remember, you got King Shark in this film. So there's some heads that's going to be getting ripped off, some spines getting eaten from people's backs. So I think uh, he's just letting us know that this isn't going to be your, like I said, they're not going to just be rated R just for the sake of dropping one or two F-bombs. It's going to get very mature and very weird and 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 and, and rated r heavily rated r so i'm excited for it to see what, what what comes of it oh i'm totally excited now especially since i didn't enjoy the first suicide squad um i mean are we even calling this the first suicide squad because this, this is technically a rehashing reboot what are we calling this new one um they really didn't address that at dc fandom i think it's just like uh just like a comic book just another director Chapter, on it yeah just like yeah, yeah. so yeah. okay Okay, yeah, I hope I enjoy this. I'm, I'm sure I will. It's but with the director and the and the characters involved. Yeah, uh, from what I've seen, it look it does look interesting. Uh, Joe, so Joel Kinnaman, who will reprise his role as Rick Flag, stated, "For me, it was like I did my first comedy, but it's heavily R-rated. So I love to to hear that they're gonna we're gonna get our balance of comedy as well as you know action and and possibly horror. Um, to me, heavily rated R nowadays means that." You're not going to get off-screen kills. You're going to see that head exploding mm-hmm. in yeah, in uh sure. for for at least a couple of seconds on screen. Where normally in a superhero movie they would cut away, right? Mm-hmm. And it would just kind of elude. So more uh, in the, like you just mentioned of uh, the boys, more in that vein of the boys, where you kind of see a lot of things going on that you yeah. would normally see off camera in a in a major motion picture uh, film. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Um, this is brought to us by uh, Updates in Cinema, but it's a repost from Geek Facts. And his his take on this is he says, I, I think Joker really changed the game for WB and DC in terms mm-hmm. of their approach to movies. He's also saying, I think the Batman will be rated R2. Mm. Yeah, no. And, and we, we had just I, talked about I, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, said, I just don't personally think, um, logistically speaking, they would they would not want their crown jewels to be rated R. But, you know, we yeah. never know, man. You never know. They, they're letting Matt Reeves, they're letting these directors do what, not necessarily do what they want but they're letting them tell their vision tell their story and if More matt freedom, reeves feel yeah. like it needs to be rated r then i think they'll let them do it but um i, I still think that um from just from the history side. of that character yeah that it, it wouldn't be something that they would want to do but you never know man you never know yeah let us know in the chat guys uh or if you guys are watching this on replay in the comments down below should the batman be rated r that's the question i'm really posing to you guys uh i understand that there's you know um different pros and cons about making a movie rated r obviously the money 
aspect of things. And like you just said, overseas rated R movies don't do well. So uh, they want to pull in as much money, especially with these crazy budgets. Do we know a budget on Suicide Squad yet, by the way? No, it hasn't been revealed yet, but I imagine once we get closer to the uh, release date, I would imagine probably at least over 150 just from the talent alone. You know, my, um, you know, Margot Robbie and Idris Elba and James Gunn doesn't come with a cheap price that he isn't a up and coming yeah. director. He's pretty prominent now with the Guardians film. So I yeah. would imagine at least 150. OK, that sounds about right, too if not more. Um, yeah. All right. Let us know guys in the chat, uh, jumping to some horror news since we're kind of on the horror topic rated R news, uh, more scream five casting. Uh, so these are a bunch of faces that I don't, you know, know uh, personally as far as seeing their work, but maybe you mm-hmm. uh, might have. So Sanaya Amar has joined the cast of scream five along with, and this is all stuff that's been coming out the last couple of weeks. Uh, Dylan Minet, Jack Quaid, Jenny, Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera, Mason Gooding, Kyle Galner, Neve Campbell, who we just got the most recent announcement, I think before this this girl here, uh, Mm -hmm. Courtney Cox and David Arquette. The film is scheduled to release January 14th, 2022. Now, my girlfriend and I were just talking about this because we were looking actually looking for a horror movie to watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, We ended up watching Urban Legend. I I don't know if you remember that one from 1998, old Jared Leto, you know, film. That's a good film to go back to. Yeah. It's actually a pretty fun uh, one. That's one of my uh, you know, favorites growing up, especially in the slasher genre and that whole twist. Yeah. And was that um uh was Denise Richards in that or am I tripping? That was um no, that was uh, uh I think her name was Rebecca Galehart. Okay, she, she had curly hair and yeah, kind of resemb- that, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm confused. That was her as well as I don't know, remember the, the final girl Austin's creek in there too. Yeah, they even do a, a callback where he starts the car and it plays the I don't wanna wait and yeah, he cuts it yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I started hysterically when that when that came on, but fantastic yeah. movie if you guys have not yeah. seen that. But yeah. um, and that came out like I think a couple years after the original Screamer. It, it's mm-hmm. very similar to Scream. It was around the Scream yeah. time, and slasher uh, Renaissance. Yeah, which, which I like to call like kind of like the revitalize revitalization of the slasher genre. Wes Craven, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. yeah, man, revamped that. Yeah. So I think that's what kind of holds the appeal of the Scream fan base. Uh, me. I only saw the first two. I think you had told me that the fourth one is kind of good. Like they kind of do like some kind of uh, tie-in with. Mo- um, they kind of made it a lot, uh, I guess, better. Maybe it might have been someone else. But uh, you've seen Scream, all the Scream movies, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I I enjoy them. Uh, the sequels, uh, the first one is a classic, and I really enjoyed two. Three was a lot of fun because it it played into like the idea of uh, them making a, a TV show based on the events of the first two films. Mm, and yeah, okay. they're they're always like Wes Craven always made like a parody of a sense of uh, kind of a meta uh, approach to the film. So the fourth Wes, one, was, uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare as well. Exactly, exactly. So fourth one was uh it has its flaws for sure, but I had fun with it for what it was. Yeah, we have four. someone new new to the chat. Uh I haven't seen her, but Queen Edgy shouts out, what's up? Uh she says four was uh, was dumb. <laughs> fourth one was dumb. <laughs> so uh yeah, we'll have to uh I'll have to kind of revisit those third and fourth ones, even watch a marathon mm-hmm. probably before I see this, because they yeah. were fun movies. I mean, to me, I mean once again, slasher, you kind of know the the formula, right? The formulaic mm-hmm. uh uh recipe that they're going for with these movies um but do you know much of these act uh do you know this actress of sanaya amar no not some so a lot of these yeah they they definitely want to go with a newer cast either for i don't know if they want to do another franchise with this cast or if they just want to these this is going to be your high body count so these are the characters that they're just going to kill off (laughs) within the first you know 
20 minutes of the film, so they're not really big names. But, uh, you true. know, obviously Jack Quay, we know him from The Boys. Uh, Jenna, she is uh, she was on uh, You Season 2, and she was just in the Babysitter's uh, movie, the sequel. Uh, mm. Dylan is from 13 Reasons Why, and um, what was it, uh, Don't Breathe, and uh, those films like that. So they, uh, they they got a mixture of upping really talented up-and-coming actors, and then, of course, you bring in the, the OGs, the originals from the crew. So I think, uh, like I said, these newer actors, I imagine they're going to be the, the high body count. <laughs> they're going to be the ones getting those uh classic uh off the first yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um yeah so i looked her up on imdb it looks like she might be a international actress uh it says samaya omar super young man she's only 21 is a french and tunisian actress a singer and a model so it looks like uh she might only have one movie that uh looks like a foreign film under her belt back in 2013 but Mm -hmm. she's relatively uh new so that's cool i actually do enjoy seeing the fresh faces kind of mixed in with you know our, our neve campbell's Courtney cox and david arquette yeah um it'll be interesting I, I think you're totally right though when you said that they're kind of there's there for the body count just to get yeah i imagine like if she if, if that's the girl she's going to be pretty and beautiful she's going to be the first one to die <laughs> get her head <laughs> yeah exactly exactly okay, man call, call back to urban legend where the girl gets her mm-hmm. whacked off in the car at the, at the beginning but yeah. uh, let us know, guys, uh, your thoughts on Scream 5. We're getting an enormous cast announcement just yeah. kind of as this movie progressed. We won't see it for another couple of years, but uh, interested to see, you know, kind of where it goes. And I do want to binge uh, kind of uh, the, the previous movies. All right. Yeah. So jumping to um, and sticking on the horror news. Oh, God, I hate this, by the way. I, I don't know your take on this, but uh, we're getting the announcement of uh, Happy Death Day 3. Uh, writer, director. Director Christopher Landon's Happy Death Day 3 will happen sometime in the future. He adds that uh, they, they're going to make it. I know they're going to make it. Uh, the working title for the third movie is Happy Death Day to Us. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that title? Hey man, I, I had fun with the first one, uh, twenty seventeen. It was a, a a surprise hit for me. It was one of those movies that just kind of caught me off guard. I was expecting it to be kind of silly and stupid, which it did have some silly moments, some stupid moments, but it was like fun, right? It was kind of a callback to like a, a like we were talking about, like a slasher, old school slasher film, because we really don't get slasher movies as often as we used to in the nineties and the two thousands. So it was fun. The second one, what was it last year, twenty eighteen? I did not like at all. Been like, I year. thought it was so stupid. I thought the time, well, I don't want to spoil it for those in the, in the comments, but like this implement of time travel, it was just too, too cheesy for me. And I just, I thought they this, they did the thing where it's like, we're going to make a sequel. Let's get bigger. Let's get more, uh, you know, the science aspect. It, it, to me, it, it, it lacked the charm of the first one. So this third one doesn't get me excited because of the, the bad taste I have in my mouth for the first one or the second someone, one. Someone told me that they even took elements of Back to the Future. In the oh, second one, I think one? it was. You haven't seen the second no, one? Oh, I'm not watching that. Dude, the, the oh, first right. one was yeah, a hard yeah. the first one was a hard watch. It was more funny than it was scary to me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh um I, I understand, especially with like the babysitter <laughs> and like these movies like uh which I think you said that the, the second babysitter was the worst you've ever yeah. you've seen <laughs> like all year, something like that. But um there there's a there's a demographic for especially for people being at home right now, right? You just mm-hmm. Friday night, Saturday night, you get up with your, you know, you get with your friends and popcorn and you watch these stupid YA movies that are horror related. Yeah. Right. I think that's kind of the demographic they're going for. So, well, I mean, you know, uh, happy death day three. We're not looking forward to it. Let us know if you guys are in the chat. Um, 
Yeah, e- uh, Eve says no need for part three. She didn't even enjoy yeah, the, 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 like the second one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she said, yeah, do not watch they, it. The way they, yeah, the way they, oh, yeah, I don't want to spoil it. If, if anyone in the chat hasn't seen it, but yeah, it's just like, this is stupid, dude. <laughs> like, this is yeah. stupid. And I know he's making his new movie with uh, Vince Vaughn, the body switching freaky movie. So. Oh, God. That trailer was really hard to watch, by the way. I was like, I, I thought, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that since we're on the subject? Freaky. I love, love, love Vince Vaughn, dude. Like, uh, I, he's like one of my all time. Just like every time I think of my classics, you know, uh, old school and, you know, Dodgeball and uh, The Breakup and Wedding Scratchers. Like, I just love Vince Vaughn. So, like, I always root for him, no matter what. But yeah, that, that trailer was, um, especially from the same director of this film, uh, his, his, his comedy sensibilities, there's an audience for it. I'm just not it. I'll just say that. Yeah. No, I totally agree, and that's that's why I don't shit on it too much because yeah. it's just not for me. I don't want to sound like the old head that is just like not, it's not for me, you know. But yeah. it's just not for me. So, yeah, no, I to- I totally agree that that I think with generations, you know, as we we just hit you know 2020, and we didn't just hit, but we're in a new decade, obviously. Yeah. So with that, you're gonna get a new take on movies and new audiences and stuff like that. But yeah, thank you, thank you, Eve, man. You are agreeing with everything we're saying right now. <laughs> it yeah. Does not look good at all, and and it was I it was super- in a weird way. It's like they're trying to reinvent the wheel with like trying to bring back quietly like parody films. I think a lot. That's how I yeah. look at some of these films. Like they're making fun of the genre and they're trying to like tell a cohesive story, but it just doesn't mix well. So yeah. Okay, most definitely. Let us know what you guys think about what is it? Happy Death Day to us. Uh, that sounds like some purge movie. Like some purge uh, sequel. <laughs> silly, silly, silly. <clears throat> All right, jump into the next story. And this is a, a rumor, so take it with a grain of salt. The rumor mill is here, guys. I wish I had like a like a sound bite that rumor mill or something right. like that. Because we get guy. salt guy. Oh yeah, salt bay, like just dropping the salt. Yeah. Uh, but this one is exciting, and, and I think since we got kind of the the news of Daniel Craig, you know, stepping down as uh, the next one, will, is the next one confirmed? That it's going to be his last film, yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel yeah, Craig? It's confirmed, yeah, because the last one, Spectre, he was claiming he wanted to slit his throat or slit his, slit his wrist after shooting it. So I was like, dude, you're being a little oh, bit God. dramatic. So, But no, yeah, this is his fifth time. Daniel Craig said that? Mm-hmm, yeah, after making Spectre. Oh, I didn't hear that. He was on the press tour. He literally said that he wanted to slit his wrist. Uh, wow. Like, dude, you need to relax. It's not like <laughs> you're getting paid $20 million to make a movie. It's like, come on, bro. But yeah, no, this is his last one. Most definitely. So I think we all kind of had speculations of um, were we going to get our first African-American 007? It looks like kind of with this new one, we we are uh, a female version as well. Well, we knew that there's more double O's. Right. And I think yeah. we get our uh, we get our tie in with they're going to kind of team up. I, I feel like they're going to kill them off on screen um and, and it's going to kind of lead to the, the female one kind of either stepping up. So we're going to get a tie in with her either. In future movies, I don't think she's going to be the main one. I don't think it's going to be her because I, I think she's a lesser known actor, at least to me. Uh, British actor, right, as well, too, right? Uh, the woman that we get in the, the new 007 movie, the one that's oh, a double uh, O as well. Letitia uh, Lynch, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe. Uh, so I think for American audiences, they don't know her enough. Yeah, they don't know her possibly enough to be like in the forefront. But I think she, I, I still think it's a cool tie in that we obviously know there's more double O's. We've kind of got that over the years that we know that. So. Mm-hmm. Seeing two double O's on the screen, I think, is important because it shows that the world isn't just being saved by one guy, right? That there's that there's multiples out there. 
Yeah. So, uh, but who do we have as a forefront? So it was, you know, rumored that they're going to get, you know, like an Idris Elba. There was a rumor that, you know, even a Will Smith, like there was, uh, you know, if, if people want a female double O. But now the, the latest rumor mill is Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Uh, hey, man, Tom Hardy, one of the best actors working today. Uh, this isn't going to happen. Uh, just to be honest, just because, uh, again, what you're what you were alluding to with how they hired uh, 007s besides like, Roger Moore, uh, those were like that was like the biggest actor that was put in that role. Like if you look at the history of Sean Connery when he got put on to the uh the role, uh Prince Bronzman, uh even Daniel Craig, like they weren't prominent actors before yeah. stepping the role. So Tom Hardy is way too big of an actor to step into this role. Like you never want to put really the star in a James Bond film because the character is bigger than the the actor. Uh so and also you gotta look at it. This is the next generation of James Bond. They wanted to have, as we see, it takes four. I don't know why it takes so long to make James Bond films, but it takes like four to five years to make movies like this. Yeah. By the time this movie comes out, he's going to be almost 47, close to 50 years old. Um, So I don't think they want to cast someone that's going to be, and not paying ageism, but you want to have someone that's going to be in the role for the next 10 years. So I think he's just a little bit past his prime in regards to this role and and opening up this franchise. Plus he's doing Venom and doing all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, so I just don't think that that's going to be the case. Like I think they're going to go more of a the the Henry Golding route uh, or the uh, Ooh, uh, Richard, the Richard Madden route. Uh, I think those are more age appropriate uh, actors and also lesser known actors to be able to play this iconic role. So I, I don't think Tom Hardy will be playing 007. That's interesting that you say that. I, I necessarily when I when I think old, I don't think of. Um... I mean, maybe technically, maybe, but I don't think Tom Hardy's that old. I, th- I think he's, if anything, I mean, in the last like five years, I've, I've, I've seen a boom in his, uh, as far as movies go. I, like, I've liked, I've enjoyed more of his recent uh, roles, and um, like even the silly ones, like in uh, Upgrade and you know stuff like that. Like, I think he's, upgrade? and I even, I, I, uh, was it Upgrade? Mm, no, that was. Uh... That was that wasn't Tom Hardy. Oh, that's the guy that I always think that looks like Tom Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I take that back. I take that back. Uh, but even like goofy films like Venom, where uh, it was kind of divisive, where like people were, you know, uh, either really liked it or they didn't. <laughs> I can't believe I fumbled. <laughs> I, I said that in a review too that I that I thought that that was him. He looks like him. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he does look. He resembles Tom Hardy a lot. Very very similar. But um, but even like in the Venom, uh, like you said. I don't think the, I don't know. I gotta disagree with. The, I think the character is uh, bigger than him. I think this would just look wise. I mean, I know they throw that picture of him in the suit. I think he could lend a certain. Like I understand, 007 has a certain charisma to him, but I think certain actors have kind of let that go a little bit, and they've become more laxed. I think Daniel Craig is probably the most laxed, where he's kind of you know loosened his collar a bit. You don't have to be to the T of a, of a gentleman, I guess, a, a, a Kingsman type of character uh, that I think most of us are used to, like in the older 70s, uh, 80s James Bond films. I think they're going to start changing up a little bit uh, mannerism-wise. So maybe even a you know like a Tom Hardy, you think rough around the edges. At least I do when I see a Tom Hardy character or film. And I think we could be getting a, um, a different pace if we do get him or, or someone like him in the role of uh, James Bond, but that's just kind of my, my, my thoughts on him possibly being rumored to be a, uh, a James Bond. I, that, that's at least, I don't know. 
yeah, yeah but. we'll see. Man. Like I said, I think um, what I was alluding to with the ages, like I say, he's 43 now. And by the yeah. time like it takes like five to six years for them to make a James Bond film, he'll be 47, 48 years old. And but like is that said, old to be an action? I mean, look at John Wick. Uh, I mean, Atomic Blonde, like like James Bond in particular, like not like the other, like obviously Liam Neeson, Denzel Washington. They're, I'm not saying like you can't be old and play. I'm talking about in particularly this franchise. There's a uh-huh. certain age that they cast these people at like if you look at the history of how old roger moore was sean connery uh uh timothy dalton uh uh, um uh what's his name um uh pierce brosden you look how old you know they were in their mid-30s and again if they cast tom hardy he's going to be in his late 40s and they want and it it takes five to six years for them to make a james bond film if they want to make if they want to do five films they did with Darren craig he'll be almost pushing 70 years old if they go at the rate of making it every five years so i think younger like i would have loved to have seen michael fassbender in the role but he's in his late you know mid 40s but i think they're gonna go like younger mid 30s like they've been doing normally and again the actor has never been bigger than the character so i think again that's why i think uh either a uh, uh, Henry Golding or a uh, Richard Madden would be great for that role just for age and look and, and also something a little bit different because again like you just mentioned Tom Hardy has that kind of edge around the rough around the edges that's the same thing that we got with Daniel Craig he was a very cerebral kind of brawler type of uh, James Bond so why would they do that yet again with another one they, they want to do something different so I don't think Tom Hardy is anything much different than what we got with Daniel Craig hmm. that'd be interesting your pick uh, the Henry Golding I actually do like that pick uh, of younger actors and um is he in his mid 30s or is he yeah, I mean, pretty young dude i know um uh, early 30s? The, um i do guys like, so yeah i do he, like what i've seen from him even the cheesy movies like this christmas and stuff like that and i i really do enjoy some of his uh most yeah, of his works yeah so now's the time kind of to start I mean, henry cavill's been brought up as well as someone that uh people would like to see and speaking of we have some henry cavill news right here so uh, I'm sure you heard this. So Henry Cavill has reportedly signed on a three-picture deal to return as the Man of Steel. So we had kind of like we we had known that th- this character is going to return, but we don't know any information about when it's going to return. Uh, we just we just want it to happen. Uh, so do I. I think he is the best um, Superman that we've got. Yeah, uh, I think you I think you've mentioned that as well. So um, hearing this news, uh, it, uh, I mean, is that is that surprising at all that he signed on for three more picture deals? Now, when they say picture deals does that mean inclusion of like a if they do another um spin off uh, of like a justice league or something or yeah it all depends on the yeah like you just said the verbiage of the contract is it three solo films plus like they did with uh like for example the uh peter parker uh tom holland it was for him to do five films and that included you know three solo films and then you know him and the avengers movies so you know, we get in the details of that. I would imagine it's three films to just appear in so far, whether that be, uh, you know, Man of Steel to the Flash uh, film and then maybe Shazam or Black Adam. Uh, okay. So I can see them doing that and then re-upping his deal, because if I'm Henry Cavill, the way that Warner Brothers has been handling him being in the role, he is our Superman. He isn't our Superman. You know what they did to him in Justice League. And plus, where he is from when he started Man of Steel in 2013, he wasn't a known actor. To 2020, he's The Witcher. He's been in uh, yeah. Mission Impossible. He's in this, you know, he's he's a star now. He's a mega star. And plus, the fans want him. If I'm Henry Cavill, I'm like, give me my money and less <laughs> films. He wants to be able to re-up every two, three movies to get 
you know, kind of that Robert Down Jr. movie uh, money with Iron Man. So, oh yeah, uh, Warner Brothers did him dirty. So I, I applaud him for you know taking his time and getting his bread, man, because they they missed out on it. They should have been signed him years ago before he was as huge as he is now. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well said, man. Uh, also, jumping back to that last one, Rob asked, uh, "How about uh, Taron Egerton as a Bond?" That see again, that would be like again, uh, just they don't do stunt casting for James Bond. It's a very James Bond is a very unique franchise. They're not Marvel. They're not. They're not DC. They're not Star Wars. They're not looking for the big name. They're looking for someone that fits their. Because again, and that's the controversy with James Bond. It's a very cut clean type of character they want. That's why you've never seen a black James Bond or woman James Bond. They're very kind of meticulous of who they put in that role. So I think with Tegrin doing, you know, obviously Exy with the uh, that franchise with the uh, uh, the um, what is it called the that franchise it is in um, uh, 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 Kingsman. Kingsman, yeah, yeah. I think he's just too. Again, they they don't want that big name actor and someone that has a history in the spy espionage realm. But I mean, he's great. He's a great actor. So I wouldn't be. I wouldn't hate that role. I wouldn't hate that go, casting. Go back to what you said. I missed it about uh, not casting African American because it's not. Did you say clean cut? No, no. So they're they're historically known the company that owns James Bond. Uh-huh. Doesn't want anything outside of like the normal British white man playing the role. So that's why we've never seen a black James Bond or a woman James Bond quite yet because they have a very like ideal bond that they want to put in the role. Uh, so like I said, they have to be like I said, British, they have to be white. So they have like a clear cut idea of who their bond is. So that's why over the last five or six years, you've hearing more about diversity because they've kind of opened their eyes to like, we need to diversify our James Bond and who James Bond mm-hmm. is. So, um, that's why we haven't gotten any other races in the in the role because they were just so like, this is Bond. We have to, he has to be stuck white. He has to, to be British. <laughs> yeah, stuck to that mi the whole mi six thing and and um yeah okay yeah I know I think if if any time I mean now is now is the time but but I, I hate when things are I, I'm sure you agree when they're forcibly inserted in yes. there right uh, you had mentioned it and one thing I did I didn't neglect but it was that. Uh, the antebellum thing with uh gab i can never pronounce the name gab gabaret Sidibe, whatever mm-hmm. oh, such a stereotypical character god loud popping the lid yeah this, uh, uh, thinking that everything is like a spite uh at black people that she wasn't like that was just so well i don't want to say offensive but it was just like they just this was what they thought a black woman would look like in 2020 and that's what it was frustrating and, about you know <clears throat> and it was interesting i believe that one of the writers is a black guy he is so yeah. it, it's it's it, it's it would make sense if it was they were white guys like writing these characters where they're just looking from the outside looking in but to me that was but maybe they meant to do it that way i don't know i don't want to get on that topic of antebellum but i don't yeah. like when things like that are forcibly inserted to where it's it's like beyond woke do you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like it's like it's it, it's making you questioning your own intelligence to i don't know it, it, it i just didn't like the way that was forced to be in there. Conversation is just like that's to me and it's, this isn't always the case but this is sometimes when you see when men write women when women write women how different it is and how they interpret it and also when a black man writes a black story or white like th- there's sometimes where it's like there's certain stories that should be told in certain people's hands some i don't always agree with that like i think the best person for the job does it but sometimes you can see when when men write women and and you know they're not as they don't know, you know, how to write women, you know, especially in moments like that. Yeah. So, and Queen Edgy, I think, is living up to her name, but her take is she says, "I don't want to see a bond of color until 2075." I don't know if that's a uh, hey, man, to Easter. Some people, um, 
I guess it's a reasoning for you not wanting to see that is kind of what makes it a hot take. But uh, yeah. based on what based on what you said, just based on the character, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, it makes sense that it falls in line with. But but you have you have black British characters like Idris Elba, like it said, like actual. I, with, so with some, with, they like you just mentioned, are they just doing it because it's the thing to do to have a black character in a prominent role? Why not create Letitia Lynch? Why not she just have her own spy franchise? Well, why she doesn't have is because historically speaking, you know, women don't sell films as they think in Hollywood, especially black women. So it's a, it's a bigger conversation to have in regards to, are they just putting in a diverse character just to do it just because it's the, it's the thing to do, or mm-hmm. does it, is it fit the character? Does it make sense? Why can't it, like I said, why can't it just be her own franchise? Why can't it just be a whole new character within the Bond universe? And she's not a Bond. She's just a double O, but she's that character. So I think there's, hmm. there, there is some, you know, obviously there is the people that's like, I don't want to see any race outside of a white person playing the role. And not saying that that's what uh, she's saying in her comment, but it is just like, hey, Bond is who Bond is. Indiana Jones is who Indiana Jones is. You know, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of other iconic characters. Uh, you know, so many of them that they just see the character for, you know, you know, what it is, but then you know, you have some people that's like, you know, oh, have a I, have a black actually I'm, so, actually I'm sorry. She says I okay, okay, I missed the second part of the comment because someone just corrected me. She said see. So she says I don't see a Bond uh a character of color until 2075. Oh, okay. I'm I'm so sorry. I misread this. It, it almost came off like a like a racist vibe a little bit the way I read it. <laughs> I, I kind of understand where she was getting at anyway because again, okay, I'm sorry about that. History of the James Bond family, the people that wrote the books, that have the IP, that have that estate, they historically have said that they they see Bond as what we've seen him so far, which is a white British spy agent. And some people take that as like ignorant and not having different times, but the way the character is written that is the character, right? So I think yeah. that's where she's getting at. As long as the people that own Bond now, you're probably not going to see a black yeah. Bond, woman Bond, just because that's not the character that they've created. So, right. And who's to say that's a bad thing or a good thing, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Let us know in the, in the chat, guys, or the comments down below. But jump into the next one because, uh, man, we're running up this, racking up this. There's a lot of articles uh, this week, uh, this week too, or this past week, um, and they're not small stories either. They're, they're pretty big stories. But here's uh, some animated news. I'm sure you heard about this, but uh, Super Mario is the next one in the IP. And we we kind of got one over the list, right, of all these uh, franchises that they are um, uh, going to be making into either live action or animated uh, properties. Nintendo is getting in bed with, I, I heard a lot of their IPs, they're going to turn into either live action, uh, animated, or or just series in general. And there was talks of like this, Kirby, Adventure of the Link. Like they were really going to get a Nintendo, like a Nintendo thing going on. Um, mm-hmm. So Super Mario, the animated movie, which, thank God, man, keep it animated. Don't do live action. Uh, or if anything, well, no, the I think keep it... 100 percent uh animated because i don't want to see like a sonic how they did like half live action half so uh it's officially in the works and set for a 2022 release first of all i have the question for you what are your thoughts and do you think the hype is real for this type of uh uh, franchise to be made into an animated uh uh uh, series 
Yeah. Or movie. I mean, movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, like you said, I think animated would be uh, probably the smartest thing to do. Just keep it at 100% animated. You get the, you know, you get to play in the world more. You don't have to worry about budget limitations of having like this CGI being a $200 million plus film. So I think you get a little bit more of a, a costly film. Uh, but at the same time, it, it takes many, 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 many years to do animation. So hopefully they've been working on this already if they are making 100% animation. But I yeah. think uh, the, um, you know, what is it? The Switch? Uh, which is the, the Nintendo? I, yeah, I know. Nintendo Switch. Yeah, everyone loves it. Everyone has it. So I think that is, it's you know, people are still like excited for Nintendo characters and and uh, revising these characters. So I think it's a perfect time to bring them back, uh, or you know, have them come to the big screen for the first time since you know the the film that we got that was terrible, uh, the live <laughs> action. So I think it makes sense. And plus the success of Sonic and Pikachu, it just yeah, they're they're definitely playing on the uh, momentum of those films. Yeah, Eve makes a good point. Uh, uh, I mean, she said, if it worked for Sonic, then why wouldn't it work for this? Uh, or why this wouldn't... I don't see why this wouldn't work. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it's tough when you're when you're trying to throw CGI with, with live-action characters because mm-hmm. then it becomes... It, it, it just gets kind of thrown lumped into this, char- this um, sub-genre of movies that are like the Scooby-Doo movies, right? The old Scooby-Doo movies or like uh Rocky and Bullwinkle and it's it just these goofy movies that you know are going to be targeted towards kids yeah. I feel like this could be a movie I'm not saying edgy like this is going to be edgy at all but I feel like you get more immersed in the world if it was 100% 3D animation mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree like I said because if they do do that hybrid then there might be some again when you go into that Sonic or Sonic uh Super Mario universe I mean it's pretty visually you know stunning and it's a lot of visual effects that might be very expensive to do so you don't want them to cut yeah. corners i think animation would be definitely the perfect route but yeah you said when you said go edgy i, I thought immediately like them selling drugs the mushrooms <laughs> high off mushrooms and you know imagine stuff. uh imagine you see like a little strung out uh, uh mario and he's like hey man i need those mushrooms you got those mushrooms on deck <laughs> Like, hey, Mario, like, I'm Mario, give me your money, fool. So, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I would love to see, like, Mario in the, well, depending on if they're going to go, and this is the thing, too, when you, like, with Sonic, you only got the one character of Sonic, and then you got the introduction of Tails because you had the sequels, right, to, you're going to leave off on. So with this first one, are we going to only do the characters and some of the powers that he gets from Super Mario Brothers 1? You know, mm-hmm. or, or or are they going to introduce Yoshi like they did with Super Mario uh, World? Like, what mm-hmm. are they going to? There's so many characters that they can introduce. Yeah. But I don't know how far they want to take it because I would love to see the raccoon suit like done in like a real world setting. If I could see him like fly up beyond the clouds in like the real world and then come down. And there's there's a lot of things to be said with this franchise. And this is probably one of my favorites, even though I never owned a Super Nintendo. I had a Nintendo. But I would always go to my cousin's house. I always talk about this every weekend, and we would play Super Nintendo because I had the Sega at home. That's why I was such a huge Sonic fan. Um, I had the Super. Uh, he had the Super Nintendo. We would always play it. But Super Mario World was like one of my favorite games of all time on the on the S- SNES. Man, it was such a fun world building game, you know. And and I think this. I don't know why this wasn't the first property to be kind of turned into something, you know. But you know, maybe it wasn't the right time. I don't. I don't know, but probably yeah. And I, and I think there's a lot of cutscenes out there from newer Super Mario games where it's almost like a film. From what right. I've seen, they have clips that that this could be possibly like have been talked about in the works for a long time. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. So, but let us know, guys, in the comments or the the the, the chat uh, live chat right now. Do you guys want to see a Super Mario animated uh, yeah. film? Yeah, are you guys not ready for this? Hey, are they going to incorporate Wario into this? Who's going to be the villain, by the way? How are they going to make a Bowser? I mean, uh, if this is not live action, it says animated movie, so I'm just 100% assuming that it is, uh, which you can make it still look pretty cool, I guess, for us older folks, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, man, we still have a couple more stories, guys, but stay- thank you guys for for sticking with us uh, over uh, coming on two hours now. But uh, jumping back into the superhero, Hero News. Now, was someone that we did talk about a couple of weeks ago, I believe. And now we're getting some more news of Spider-Girl is rumored to be in the early stages of development at Sony. We had talked about, I think like a month ago, that Sony was just going crazy with all their, uh, what is it, <laughs> what is it, Spunk? It's like Spider-Man uh, universe, universe or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Craziness. I'm like, yeah. So uh, they're going to start to expand, you know, like a web, no pun intended, just branch off and do all these uh, side characters. So a live action Spider-Verse. So Spider-Girl is rumored. Uh, do you know much about this character at all? No, not not uh, not someone I'm too as familiar with, with like, um, you know, Gwen Stacy and, uh, or, uh, you know, all the other characters they have so i'm not too familiar with it I'm, I'm i'm looking her up now and she doesn't seem to be i mean she's been around since the 60s so oh, wow. but i don't think she's like a super um well-known spider character and you know what's interesting too is when we bring up these a lot of these uh characters that we think are new you, you're like man i never heard of this like is this like this seems like a new character and then you look it up and it's like black panther was made in the 60s it's like what like how the like we weren't even aware of these. Well, I wasn't aware of it. I mean, because I didn't follow the comics. But it's like, and then you just told me that Spider Girl's been around since the sixties. Like it's yeah. crazy, kind of digging into these comics and just bringing them to life, which is good because they've been around for a while. They're not just shoehorning this in because it's like a you know a female Spider Man or whatever, you know. Oh, actually, no. This might be a different. Just I guess there's a Spider Girl in the DC universe. Hold on, I'm trying to see. Maybe oh wow, it's different Spider Girls. Let's see here. I mean, this picture is definitely from okay, a MCU. Go, go. Yeah. So her name is Spider Girl Mayday Parker. Okay, gotcha. So it is a different. And she was she's oh. nineteen ninety-eight was when she first appeared. Wait, so she's part of the Parker family? Uh well the, her name it says uh May Mayday Parker. So I don't know if she's like related to him or she's just like another alternate version of him. She just happens to have the same name of, of Peter Parker. Uh, let's see. Is the oh, so here you go. May Mayday Parker is the daughter of Peter and Jane and Mary Jane Parker in the future alternate universe mm-hmm. continuity. So she's uh, she is the MC2 continuity. So this is like an else world situation here. So she's the, <laughs> the daughter of them and another universe. MC2, that's what they call it. In the MC MC2 continuity, so it's the Marvel Comics 2, which is a, okay. a separate like line in 98 of different imprints of like a what if. It's like a what if scenario mm. comic. So this is like what if Mary Jane and Peter Parker had a daughter? Well, she would be Spider-Girl. Yeah. And that always kind of leaves the um well, I mean, it kind of leaves – it's almost like the cheat code, I think, that we talked about where it's kind of like time travel. Yeah. But but you have to – I don't think any of us think of these th- this scenario as kids, you know, like, oh, what if they have a baby, right? Like they could just keep passing this gene on forever and ever. Or like in the She-Hulk, you know, blood transfusion, you could just keep passing this on forever and ever. And it's almost like an endless loop of superheroes that we're going to get or supervillains, you know, where you could just keep passing this on 
if it's in their DNA, their genetic code, I'm not talking about like a uh, like a Mysterio type of situation or like a um, Iron Man where it's a suit, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And you just have that one character that has the brains. Sure, you could share the knowledge of this, but if it's encoded already in your DNA, yeah. it kind of leaves like an infinite loop if you are just passing down through children, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is interesting. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so this is a 1999 comic, you said, based off that? Yeah, 98, yeah. so she's been around since 98. And um, I mean, she okay. se- seems to have similar power sets to Peter. Obviously, strength, speed, stamina, durability, uh, reaction, endurance, uh, ability to stick on. Yeah, so it's pretty much the same type of situation with uh with her dad in this scenario but yeah man it seems like sony they're just like anything with spider they just want to make it a movie about it so spider boy spider man uh spider ant the the animated films yeah spider 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 tarantula i mean anything with spider right now imagine if there was a movie called spider spider (laughs) (laughs) like a spider in a spider that's wild it's like he doesn't have eight legs. He has 16 legs. <laughs> yeah, they, they just they, – all this stuff is rumored too. We'll see if any of this actually comes to the big screen. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Now, I have uh, some news, man, that uh, that kind of almost made me cringe and laugh at the same time. Like uh, what do you think of uh, this sequel right here? This is – no, this is the sequel of all sequels. Uh, Jim Cavazil, uh, Cavazil confirms Passion of the Christ sequel is still happening. Mm-hmm. Now, did you watch the first Passion of the Christ? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Now, I think I brought the story up that, uh, and I don't mean to offend anybody. I just, when I saw this, these are movies that you think uh, they're historical movies or things that are timepieces, but they don't warrant sequels. It's almost like they made Gladiator 2. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they're rumored to be doing as well. Are they really? <laughs> yeah, straight up. Not even lying. Oh. oh God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, that's like if they were to do Braveheart too. Then I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but I I bring up the story. I brought up the story before. Uh, I think with you, where I had worked at a movie theater, and this movie was getting boycotted by Christians. Oh, yeah. I remember, man. Um, yeah. 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 With you know the picket lines and whatnot and signs. Okay. Passion of the Christ two sequel. When you hear that, automatically, what are your first thoughts? Well, no, I, I've I've been uh, I've, this has been in the works for many many years, as this article probably alludes to. Um, and I think the obviously the storyline would be him coming and rising in, in the seventh day and all that stuff. Uh, but I mean, when you hear sequel, it's just like it it hits you the wrong way. Like, so what is? Jesus coming back for revenge and it's going to kill all the people that you know, kill like, yeah. but like passion I, of the Christ two judgment day, literally right. like Terminator two judgment day. <laughs> passion of the Christ two, I'm back. Um, is, yeah. I mean, like I said, obviously for those that follow the Bible, there is precedent to, you know, continue that story, but it's just like, I don't know if the, the audience wants to see it. If they would go to see it, it's a different climate now, especially religion. I mean, that is like a, such a taboo topic to have. So it's just like, is it even something that people will go see? Um, so yeah, man, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. If this happened, like I said, this has been talked about for many, many years. So I don't know if we'll ever see the light of day. And this is by far one of the biggest, I think religious movies because we've, we've gotten religious movies, in in theaters uh even recently like in the last you know five ten years yeah, I mean, okay uh, every year we 
when we just they just kind of some of them stuck on the radar, but some of them hit big, yeah. Super under the radar, yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, just as far as uh, you know, uh, certain like AMC does these independent releases and stuff like that, and there's audiences for them. I mean, I th- I think America is like ninety percent Catholic. Like it's like a, it's like you know, yeah. it's not like there's a small demographic for this. Um, right. I, I guess I, it's just interesting when you first hear the word sequel and correct me if i'm wrong I, I don't remember i remember watching this movie and i'm like i'm one and done it was a very well-made movie too by the way i'm not like knocking this movie at all mel gibson mm-hmm. i mean he's been a, and he was in hot water when this movie after i mean you all remember the, the the police tapes that when they pulled him over what he was saying you know so it's like jesus mm-hmm. what's you know going on no pun intended but jesus you know but uh i when i saw this i was like i this is a one and done movie not as far as not as not to say, you know, like one and done as far as it being bad, but it was tough to watch. Yeah, I remember no, I've, being, really I've only seen, seen it one time. Yeah, and, and, I, and that's why I'm saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but did this movie end with like the resurrection? I, I kind of want to want to say that I remember like like the door opening up, uh, like the, the that that brick, the stone opening up and them kind of alluding to the the rising, the rising again. And it just ended from what I remember. Maybe you might have to look up like the end of passion of the Christ on YouTube or something, but I could have sworn they left on that cliffhanger, but it's like one of those cliffhangers where it's like you, that's it. Like one and done. I don't know if there needs to be. So the ending here is after he was hung from the cross and buried, uh, you see his hand come out of the grave and then he comes out of the grave and he becomes a uh, blood sucking uh, zombie. <laughs> oh you need to stop, bro. You need to stop. <laughs> no, it says that I guess the ending was Satan screams in defeat of the depths of hell. Jesus' body is taken down the cross. Jesus rises from dead, escapes the tomb, resurrected, and his wound holes visible on his palm. So I don't remember any of that. Now, now, Art's telling me that ninety percent, which I said is a stretch. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm dead serious. I believe it is. Uh, I'm not. I, I look these figures up all the time. Let me see. Uh, sorry, guys, for dead air. But uh, let's see. American. Oh, the uh, the, I was, oh, the the percent the percentage of 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 Christian. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see, because it it was it was it was really up there. Was that ninety percent of the? Da, da. I know it's gone down though. I will say it's gone down. Maybe you can look up a figure because I don't even know what I'm looking for right here. Uh, Wikipedia. I just typed in Christians in America. And it says uh, yeah. Christianity is the most uh, you know religious thing in the U.S. With sixty five percent polled in America, adults identify themselves as Christian in twenty nineteen, down from seventy five percent in twenty fifteen. So, uh, okay. and then. It was 85% in the 90s, but right now I think, according to Wikipedia, it's 65% of Americans identify themselves as Christian. 65%. Okay, I'm so sorry then. I, I don't know why I thought that number was extremely higher. Maybe I'm going well, off it's, something. It, it, uh, it's according to this. In, in the 90s, it was 85%. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so back to this movie, I mean, as far as it warranting um, a continuation of the story, now that I'm starting to think about it, I, I, I mean, I'm not... I guess it's maybe the events that followed with Mel Gibson that got me a little like he's trying to sweep what he said under the rug and you're yeah. focusing on a, 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 a mainly Jewish uh, uh, film time period. Um, yet he was in trouble for saying anti-Semitic remarks. Mm-hmm. It's almost like 
you know, if some if a if if someone was uh, caught saying the n word after they created a slavery movie, yeah, it'd be like Harvey you, Weinstein uh, producing a women empowerment film. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's it rubs me the wrong way, I guess. Director director wise, I'm not saying that, and that's once again separating the art from the artist. Mel Gibson, I think, has made uh, some good director uh, director uh, based movies. Yeah, he's a great actor. Um, he's a great director. No, yeah. No doubt. So it's so it's really hard for me to kind of separate that. Yeah, um, no, I totally agree. I think that, that he probably won't wouldn't come back if I was a studio. I wouldn't be bringing him back just for like you just mentioned obvious reasons. Uh, but there's a lot of studios that mess with him still on the actor side. I mean, he, he does have a lot of direct. Obviously, especially now, uh, he he's trying to keep that you know that money flow going with uh, just like him and like uh, uh, what was the latest as well too. Uh, Daddy's home. He was in the sequels too. So I mean, they're they're he has been in big movies. He uh, he just he just came um he just came out in a I think it's called Force Force of Nature or something with um uh what's that guy um God, Emil Hirsch Emil Hirsch he came out with an Emil Hirsch that was this year too I think it's called it, it was a direct to like Walmart movie and stuff like that but the, yeah. pe- the point I'm trying to make is he's still in Hollywood he's still acting yeah. uh so it's interesting um but going back to this movie uh I mean, there's still stories to be uh, told, I guess, in his eyes. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of, kind of curious. But uh, you know, he's calling it the biggest film in world history. Would you say that Passion of the Christ was the biggest film in, in world, world history? No. <laughs> I mean, I made it, it made the it made a it made a, a stir when it came out for sure. Yeah, no doubt. But I don't know if yeah. it's like I don't like you said. Uh, how many? Like you're people- hyping up the movie too much. <laughs> How many people rewatch this film on a regular basis? You know, I mean, it did. So it was a thirty million dollar budget, it made six hundred and twenty two million, uh, which is again the For most highest gross. Yeah, yeah, the most highest gross religious film of all time. I mean, literally, if you put out a religious film with that budget now, it, it wouldn't come where anywhere near close to it. But I don't think it's like the yeah. biggest world film. But you know, yeah, I mean, I think he's talking about re- maybe religious uh, film as a biggest whole. Re- yeah, it's the Avengers Endgame of religious films for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a good. That's a good way to say it. But um, all right. Well, let's uh, let us know what you guys think in the chat. Uh, I think the chat's going a little ham right now on religion. But uh, let's try to keep it civil, guys. Let's jump to well, the next. Th- the top five religious films of all time. Yeah, because I don't really know even know too many. If I'm being so honest. number five is War Room by Sony Pictures, which came out in 2015 and made seventy five. Uh, 74 million. Uh, number four is I Can Only Imagine with 86 million, came out in 2018. You have uh, The Shack, which made 96 million back in 2017. Heaven is for Real, uh, 101 million. Back oh, I remember that one. And then number one is Passion of the Christ. Heaven is the for Real, how much did that make? Uh, uh, 101 million. Okay. On a budget of probably like 5 million. <laughs> That's probably something a, like that. Those movies uh, have really low budgets. 12 million, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. It, it is. It is interesting. Uh, I'm not not that yeah. religious cinematic Christian universe. We just <laughs> need all those films to come together. They tie together to defeat the devil. <clears throat> <laughs> Bro, you got me laughing at stuff. I'm not supposed to be laughing at right now. I don't want to turn off my fan base. <laughs> the religious. We say that again. Religious cinematic universe. <laughs> And you come here for alien coverage and religious, ah! religious topics, man. And we are out, guys. We are out. No, I'm kidding. 
Man, you better stop. Man, you're throwing me in this category. I swear, you and Chris, man, you won't let up. You got it too much. Hey, I'm going to keep those videos coming, too, because people yeah, like them. Man, I love them. Yeah, it was fun, dude. And the conspiracy, and they were trying to, they were trying to get you off the net, bro. They were, trying, they were coming for you. You got the FBI. Bro, I, I, I shit you not. I don't want to jump on that. But you saw my phone glitching out, right? Yeah. That was proof. It might be, man. You better watch out for some men in black. Or I really have a strong, uh, a weak uh, uh, cell phone connection. I don't know. Whatever whatever works. Hey, but aliens uh, are communicating with you, bro. <laughs> we'll leave it at that, man. We'll leave it at that. But uh, this one right here, this next story, uh, some John Boyega news. Uh, and it's about a movie. It's not about any controversy or anything, guys. So... John Boyega to take a far-right extremist, uh, a take on far-rightist extremist in Gavin Hood's next film, The Test. Okay, so, um, you know, we have some more uh, uh, political, it seems like, in the synopsis. But, um, oop, this thing jumped away from me. You guys still there? Okay, cool. All right, so um, it says, uh, this is by Merck uh, with the movies, by the way. Uh, he writes for Real, uh, I believe it's Real Talk. Um, Inc. Uh, in the role that will be hitting close to his recent activities, John Boyega, who has recently made a name for himself in as a vocal activist supporting the Black Lives Matter protest and a systematic uh, a systemic racism in our society, will tackle those issues head on in his upcoming film, The Test. Boyega will is set to star opposite Paimon Mad, uh, Madi uh, from A Separation and The Night of in a new political thriller from writer-director Gavin Hood, who did Official Secrets and Eye in the Sky. I'm not familiar with those works, but uh, what are your thoughts on this? I was going to say they forgot to leave out his most uh, famous film that he's known for. What, what's that? Uh, X-Men Origins. Oh, no! <laughs> I love how they leave that out. Uh, well, they but, always do that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think um, this film, he's in the new uh, Stephen McQueen film, which is like a five- a collection of films which deals with like the civil rights movement so i think mm. what john boyega is doing is he is now being very selective of his projects man we we saw his his comments on star wars and dealing with the big blockbuster studio i think he now wants to make movies that have that mean something to him and and, and treat him right and, and tell the stories he wants to be a part of you know uh rest in peace of chad with bozeman but that's something that he did that was very important for him in his acting yeah. career he was very specific and very selective of what he decided to do and of course john boyega if you're a young black actor any young actor of that matter you if someone knocks on your door and gives you the opportunity to be in a star wars film and it's one of your big films one of your first films you definitely take that you know you take that opportunity, but then what he got from that was, you know, maybe I need to take it back a bit, you know, make more movies like he did for Detroit, make smaller movies like he did with the the block and getting back to more gritty, more stories that have meaning to him. It means something to him more importantly and, and means something to the, the conversation. So I think this is just him using uh, his name to do films that he wants to tell the stories uh, that need to get out there. So kudos yeah. to John Boyga, man. Now, what do you think of this, uh, the premise here where he's taking on, uh, it's a new political thriller, yeah. uh, kind of taking on right-wing extremists. Um, I mean, automatically, uh, my vibes go, and it's not really the same, but um, is that movie, jeez, uh, that um, the actor that played Harry Potter, what was his name? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe? Daniel Radcliffe. He did a movie called, Imp- uh, I think it's Imperium, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Imperium. It was more of an indie film, but he's uh, a, a police officer that kind of not police officer, but um, 
he's kind of in that in that field where he gets assigned a desk job and he doesn't want that. So they give him the assignment to go undercover as a uh, a skinhead and kind of infiltrate these groups. I remember that trailer. Yeah. Watch that movie if you get a chance. A couple of hours. Phenomenal mm-hmm. performance. And the subject nature is is very I'm not going to say taboo, but it's it seems like it's extremely hard to kind of just keep your sanity while working alongside nazis and uh yeah it's it it, once again that that guy uh you know not to jump off topic of john boyega but that actor has definitely made like a robert pattison transition where ratcliffe like he wanted to get out of that harry potter role just like pattison wanted to get out of that twilight role right so um and uh and i think boyega is doing the same thing man he got stuck in the not got stuck in it but he was more known for for finn right Mm-hmm. so i think he is tackling these other roles and saying hey i did detroit hey i did uh uh what was the film you said the block or on the block on the block yeah on the block so it's like hey i can do other movies as well so i i really hope uh you know he's looked at more seriously than just a star wars guy and um i'm interested in this i i am interested in subject nature like this so um hey far right extremist man there there's a lot of them out there and uh he's tackling them i don't know if this is going to be a, a timepiece. Uh, like in the 60s, 70s, uh, uh, what's going to go happen? Or if it's going to be modern day? What, what do you think? Uh, my, my, maybe even a timepiece. Uh, I can see that happening. Him, you know, want to embracing the, mm-hmm. you know, where some of the origins may come from some of these groups. So, yeah, I can maybe see it as a timepiece. But, yeah, man, it's, uh, again, it's, it's, it's also just speaking of Star Wars, you know, besides you know, Harrison Ford and obviously later in the years, uh, uh, Mark Hamill, some of those Star Wars stars and, and obviously, um, you know, uh, rest in peace, Carrie uh, Fisher. But uh, some of those stars, they just get stuck in that role. They just were always remembered as that one role. Like Daisy Ridley, man, we don't see her at all in films after playing Ray. Oh, yeah. You know, I think the only person that was really kind of not affected by it, well, two people I think of is Oscar Isaac and uh, Adam Driver. But, you know, yeah. John Boyd is trying to get out of that, you know, that that mold and that out of that box. Most definitely. And actually, there is some news right here uh, saying the film is based on a novella of the same name from author uh, Selvin, Sylvain Novelle and tells the story of an immigrant played by Mahdi that uh, has to take a citizen evaluation test moderated by a brilliant psychologist, Boyega. Eventually, the two men have to join up to take on the far right terrorist group uh, led by a true fanatic. See, I'm glad that they they actually um say the word terrorist because uh people forget about domestic terrorists i think Mm -hmm. when you think of the word uh, when you hear the word terrorism or terrorist you obviously think of overseas that's just kind of what's been ingrained in the media and whatnot but people forget about domestic terrorists yeah there's been a lot you know whether it be uh, columbine shootings or uh you know a different um Vegas uh, shooting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These are domestic terrorists. You know, if you guys don't know what that is, it's obviously terrorists that are uh, in this country that are born and bred here. So uh, uh, I'm glad that they actually brought that because um, these extremist group uh, that do plan attacks and whatnot are terrorists. Let's not yeah. forget that. Um, yeah. So this seems very interesting um, that he's going to be someone that is a psychologist that's evaluating uh, this immigrant coming in. Uh, so yeah, uh, plus uh, citizen evaluation tests. I don't think things like this get uh, uh, made into pictures most uh, uh, more often. I guess. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if we get uh, if it, you know the streaming movie or if it goes to the theater whenever it's made. But yeah, I feel like this would probably be more of a streaming movie. If I'm being honest, uh, mm-hmm. not to not to be not to belittle it at all, but I think it's just the times we're living in right now. Yeah, more of a streaming 
movie. Yeah, Netflix, something like that. Yeah, exactly. All right, let us know what you guys think about that one right there. Uh, we are coming towards the end of our podcast, but um, hey, man, it seems like superhero week, man. It's superhero news week. Uh, so let me zoom out of this really quick. So we are getting some uh, Miss Marvel news. Now, is this a character that you know too, uh, uh, know much about at all? It's a yeah, newer character, on. right? Yeah, she's newer, like like uh, 2000 like 11 or even maybe even 2012 but yeah mccallan khan yeah she's a um, yeah of miss marvel or miss marvel captain marvel <clears throat> yeah all right so uh we just got some uh, some more information um and i don't want to say the names guys because i butcher the name so don't think i'm I, I got, my pronunciation is like people like laugh at that so the information is right here but uh here are some of the actual um uh, actor uh directors uh, that are to direct each episode and a lot of Indian representation, uh, which I think is fantastic. And um, yeah, so uh, these are uh, um, uh, also female-led directors as well uh, uh, amongst uh, the male uh, directors up on top there uh, that include The Walking Dead, The Punisher, Titans, Dirty John. I'm not familiar with Dirty John uh, and Outlander. Um, So you got some, once again, going back to like She-Hulk, you got some uh, uh, recognizable names and some strong shows uh, uh, under these... um, these directors belts so uh and uh also the two guys up on top uh they are responsible for bad boys for life which was more critically uh, praised i think a lot of people like this one uh mm-hmm. more than um what's the second one i believe that a lot of people were like oh i love the first one in this this bad boys for life a lot we we actually really enjoyed this uh, uh bad boys for life too yeah. um so so what are your thoughts man on 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 these uh names attached i guess to mrs marvel and and can you tell us a little bit about this comic yeah, so uh so yeah, like you just said, uh having uh people that are that know the culture, the, that be represented male and female, that's just incredible. And like you said, yeah, that dynamic duo um for bad boys, hey, this might be the <laughs> it's far stretch here, but this might be the next Russo brothers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So uh they work so well together. But yeah, no, Makala Khan, she is uh she's a product of like she has the inhuman genes, uh which the inhumans are like kind of like Marvel's like kind of less pseudo version of x-men um Mm -hmm. but she essentially has uh crazy uh set abilities and she takes the mantle for uh, a hot second with carol devers and dealing with everything outer space and captain marvel stuff that she's kind of the for a little bit for the avengers she's like their captain marvel uh and miss marvel so she's kind of uh has a personality of like peter parker very young very energetic uh and uh, again she kind of falls in line with the young avengers cast so again another young um character to come into the mix with incredible skill set and also uh like i said a young uh uh uh, uh woman in, in that role and having a uh, someone in the muslim community being on the big screen is always great man so makala khan is, is a great character and i'm excited to see who they cast in the Row. hopefully we get that news sooner rather than later like we got with she hulk yeah most definitely well said uh now what do you think about these uh young um you know and female directors as well you know alongside the bad boys for life directors um the names attached walking dead punisher uh are you excited about that of course man yeah those are some you know obviously walking dead for when I did watch it was very entertaining uh, and it was great storytelling. And then obviously the, yeah, the Punisher was fantastic. So yeah, man, you, you have people with proven track records and uh, hopefully I think what Marvel's going to be doing now <clears throat> is using their TV directors as like a, um, a way to kind of build them to maybe direct the films uh, later on, kind of like what Star Wars might be doing now. So I'm really excited to see what they do with these uh, using them as like 
doing some shows and then you might see them direct the movies. Okay, most definitely. Let us know what you guys uh, think about that news there. But um, here is some uh, TV news. We're going to end it off with a couple another stories, guys. Uh, a couple last stories here. And this is a show that you've been watching and doing some live streams for. So let me throw this up on screen right now. Is Raised by Wolves TV show is renewed for season two at HBO Max. Now, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on the episodes that you've seen so far? Hold on, my head my headsets died. So oh, okay, um, sorry about that. Switch these out. <clears throat> yeah. So if you guys aren't aware, this is a really Scott. It's and it's a hit show from what I've been hearing. Um, so yeah, it's sci-fi drama. I don't know too much about it. I haven't seen the trailer at all, but I'm, I'm hearing so many great things about uh, this show, uh, Raised by Wolves. Here we go. Uh, yeah, man. It, uh, what are we talking about? Raised by Wolves season two. Yeah, it's it's a very so for the sci-fi fans out there. It's a uh, you know kind of in the vein of Ridley Scott, who actually was the director of the first two episodes and executive producer, but it's a show dive into, um, speaking, we were talking about religion earlier. It's a show where you have this Android who, uh, is, is tasked to raising these, uh, children these um embryos and raising them to be atheists uh because the fall of mankind uh all went down because of religious reasons so uh you have this big war this great war that destroyed humanity and these androids are the only ones that survive but you find out that there's other civilizations and this religious group uh that takes out people that are atheists so it's a really uh thought-provoking beautifully well shot uh show uh that character that's on the screen now is mother she is uh, she's the android of the show she is fantastic and it's just a really really like i said for the sci-fi fans that love thought-provoking futuristic shows that dives into humanity and androids being more human than uh humans and mm-hmm. the idea of religion and atheists and and being raised the idea of being raised by wolves plays into being raised by an android is kind of being raised by wolves because they don't have that sense of like humanity but they yet have this care for this these humans so it's a really really cool show and it's uh seven episodes so far and it's been really really interesting to say the least okay yeah i was going to ask you uh how far are we into the 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 episodes here but you said it's in the seventh episode mm-hmm. yeah only seven they uh it actually oh, oh, only premiered two weeks ten. ago uh so what hbo did was wow. they released the first three episodes uh two weeks ago and then uh or three weeks ago and then the following week they did episodes four or five and then this past week they did uh six and seven so they've just been pairing them every week so it's been a pretty uh quick quick show to get through Wow, this that that seems. I had no clue about this show whatsoever. So you just gave me a great synopsis breakdown. I'm gonna check this one out, like yeah, for sure, because cool, I'm I'm extremely interested in that in that subject nature. Um, okay, okay. So yeah, if you guys are raised by wolf for season two, uh, which is probably I mean to be expected, right? A lot of people I think knew that it was gonna boom the way it mm-hmm. did just based on the talks online plus there's like not that much like original content on hbo max so this is like their first like big show okay most definitely all right jump into some more uh and we're going to end it off with this tv news right here guys so handmaiden's tale so if you guys are handmaiden's tale fans the handmaiden's tale uh mckenna grace joins the cast of season four and the production does resume. Now we know this. Uh, oh, wow. This is like a, just a child actor, right? I mean, she's been. Yeah, doing, I, didn't, uh, I didn't even know she was. Uh, that's awesome, man. I'm a big fan of hers. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the haunting of Hill House mm-hmm. and uh, Annabelle comes home is uh, yeah. more notable. Uh, has joined the upcoming fourth season of Hulu's flagship drama series, The Handmaid's Tale, which resumed production in Toronto two weeks ago. Sources said uh, Grace will recur, uh, re- recur as Miss Ky- uh, Keys. A sharply intelligent teen, teenage wife of a much older commander who rules her farm and household with confidence. 
so what are your thoughts on this? I know you said you liked her as an actor, but uh, yeah. is this a series that you followed at all? I, I think maybe you said you saw the first couple or you weren't. Yeah, really... just the first season. Yeah. And, it, and it is really great. It's just really tough mm-hmm. to get through to see the stuff they do to the to the women, like uh, not to get too vulgar or gross in here, but like they stop women. Like, I don't want to, they cut a certain part off females to not have children. And, and it's just like it's very dark, very, yeah, yeah it so. is very dark and very hard to watch at times, but it is a really well put together show. It's just a very bleak and depressing show, but it's uh, obviously Elizabeth Moss is just, we know her as oh, like yeah. one of the best work in the day. So she's fantastic in it. And also the supporting cast is really great. So I definitely want to, I just kind of fell off of it. It's not because of the quality. It's just one of those situations mm. where I just kind of, didn't get back up to it, but I, I definitely will take the time to, you know, finally catch up to, it, especially with a great, we were talking about earlier with uh, the stranger things kids, um, Millie Bobby Brown in particular, but she is just, I think she's such a talented young actress. Uh, that movie that she was in with Chris Evans, I can't think of it right now, but she was super young and just great. Nat, and you just mentioned haunting on Hill house. She was my favorite character in the show. Uh, and then she was, you know, had a brief role in uh, captain Marvel. Uh, she was in Sabrina. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, she yeah, played the younger version of Sabrina for a couple episodes. Uh, she's going to be in the next uh, Ghostbusters movie. So she is a young up and coming actress and, and, the, as talented as she is now, I can imagine she's going to have some Emmys in her future. You know, yeah. uh, Tony Awards, Emmy, or uh, Oscar. She's a fantastic young uh, young actress. Okay, most definitely. Let us know what you guys think. Handmaiden's Tale fans have not seen the show. My sister actually watches that show. I got to ask her if uh, if she's interested in that news. If she's still watching the the show itself, but. Uh, mm-hmm. That's all I got for this week. Uh, did you have any stories you wanted to talk about, or any um, future upcoming projects that we could po- that you could possibly plug on your channel? Anything that I missed, maybe? No, man. You, you we covered pretty much the gamma of news this last uh, last week or so, and you know. I think uh, hearing that Jesus is coming back on the big screen sooner rather than later is the, is, is the news of the week, man. And uh, and seeing that world that they're building out there to, to, to defeat evil. Um, but no, yeah, yeah it's uh, as far as this week goes, man, it's just more the, you know, movie reviews. I just dropped my ratchet review this morning. Uh, we got two new shows on HBO, uh, which comes on Monday nights, which is uh, third night or third day with Jude Law and Naomi Harris, which I'll be talking about that tomorrow night, as well as the Luca Guadalino show. Uh, we are who we are uh we got raised by wolves on thursday i'm doing live uh, reviews reactions for that uh as well as the boys um what else what else what else what else what else uh i don't know there's probably something else i'm just not thinking oh uh you um utopia is a show on Mm. amazon which i uh is from the same writer the um uh, what is her name? Something Glenn. Uh, either way, she she wrote the book Gone Girl. She wrote mm-hmm. uh, Sharp Objects, which are fantastic books, which got adapted to great movies and shows. So she has a new show coming to Amazon later this week uh, that I'll be talking about. And um, yeah, man, just a lot of fun stuff. And Lovecraft Country, obviously, tonight. I, I can't wait to hear people's thoughts on this tonight's episode. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, man. I'll catch up. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, to Lovecraft Country. I mean, we're past the mid-season finale now, mm-hmm, episode mm-hmm. six. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to to talk that. And then uh, I think we're going to talk spoilers tomorrow on Chris's channel. But nice. yeah, if you, if you guys um, you know like our content, make sure you guys are hitting that thumbs up as well as subscribing to all of our social medias down below. And uh, we're pretty much pretty pretty active on all on all of our uh i'm not too active on facebook but i'm trying to build that make sure yeah. to follow yeah make sure to follow elliot on uh, instagram and youtube movie files and then on uh twitter you're at movie files live yes sir 
movie files live and, and that's all going to be down below guys and uh, if you guys do appreciate our content uh this video make sure to hit that thumbs up and we're here again every week next sunday 10 a.m we went pretty long on this one two and a half hours man yeah we had to catch up for uh last week yeah yes <laughs> yes and uh quick thoughts on borat 2 before we leave <laughs> i love it can't wait to see it <laughs> right yeah, US, no, I, I, USA number one. Number one. I yeah. imagine if if uh, <laughs> if they're smart, I would I could see them maybe even put that on HBO Max. Uh, if if it doesn't have that theatrical run, that would be especially since it's been shot and apparently they screened it. I can see them just dropping it on HBO Max and, and blowing up. Oh, if really? I'm HBO Max, I'm going. I'm doing that. I'm or or Netflix. Yeah. I, I bet they're paying high dollars to try to get them on one of the streaming uh, services. But another yeah. actor, another actor, I would say that that surprised me in the. Yeah. yeah, from from kind of separating himself from um, Borat, and then also what's the other character he played? The other it was like another wacky Ali character. And, um, oh, uh, uh, Bruno. Bruno, yeah, mm-hmm. that was a god. I don't even know how that got shown in theaters, man. That that's why. That's why I'm so intrigued to see a Borat too. Like, I want to know what he's going to tackle and some of the stuff. How he's are gonna, they going like, to? Yeah, push the envelope more. Yeah, right? man. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, some hot topics to talk about with the the current uh, zeitgeist, social zeitgeist that we're in. So, yeah, man. Uh, people need to just know that it's all for fun, but. <laughs> it can get dark or, you know, for him, I hope, you know, I wonder where, where he went, you know, some of these Southern states, some of these, you know, obviously states with racism. So well, yeah, there's man. that TV show. Did you ever see the TV show that is called uh, what is America? Yeah. I caught a couple of the episodes, man. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. Crazy. Some you, of those you, governors and some of the, their beliefs and the way they treat up. Yeah, man. It's, um, he had to have been riding around with security, man, because some of, of these course, people, yeah. are, I'm sure, got so offended. The stuff mm-hmm. that we didn't see on TV, you know, because mm-hmm. you have to sign up waivers and stuff to be on screen. But some of the stuff yeah. we didn't see were probably uh, people were upset about that show. People that were involved with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were upset afterwards. So, um, yeah. But hey, he, he's a kind of an innovator, man, and, and pushing the mm-hmm. envelope. So props yeah, to him. Man. But uh, I think we will end it on that one, guys. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you're still in the chat, we appreciate you guys so much. And until next time, we are out.